All right, yo. Thanks for coming. Yeah, no problem, man. This is Tevin Brown. This is the Mesh Talk Podcast episode. It's episode eight. We've made it eight weeks, technically nine weeks, because um, of episode 1.5. But thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for everybody, all the audience, the all the listeners, uh, listenership on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Oh, this thing is everywhere. Thanks. Oh, Podbean, uh, the Mesh Talk podcast.podbean.com. If you guys want to like and comment, head over there. Um, yeah, I got a special guest with me today, a new acquaintance uh, ever since the summertime. Jesse, what's up? What's up, man? I'm happy to be here. Excited. Thanks for coming, man. Tell, tell a little people a little about your background in terms of like your fandom for, I guess, sports in general, and then near it down to basketball. Um, I mean, growing up, I've always loved sports. Um, I mostly started off with soccer. That was kind of my first love. You know, everyone, when they're younger, they want to, they think they're going to be the next Michael Jordan or LeBron James. They want to be an athlete. I was just like that, but I realized pretty early that that wasn't going to happen. Um, <laughs> honestly, I wasn't a big basketball fan until grade seven or eight. And honestly, the thing that put me onto basketball was it would be recess and all of my friends would be talking about the game last night. And they were saying, oh, did you see Kobe dropped 40 or LeBron did this or KD did that? And I didn't understand anything. I didn't understand what they were saying. I didn't know what they were talking about. And I was like, I felt left out. And I was like, okay, okay. let me let me try. Let me see what let me see what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I still remember the first I remember the first basketball game I really watched was um, I think it was the Mavericks against the Lakers in the playoffs i think it was the year the, the year the mavericks won okay 20 2010 okay 2010 that was like the first basketball game i watched I don't remember much about it and i remember the next season um it was the uh, nba lockout season oh 2011 i think yeah, yeah, yeah. and i th- if i'm not mistaken the first like opening day of the season was christmas day yes derrick rose derrick it was, rose it was the Bulls against in the LA. lakers yeah yeah and i remember sitting with my family watching this game and the Lakers were up for m- most of the game and I don't know why I had never watched either of these teams play before I guess the Lakers last season but I didn't know much about them I was just I just wanted to root for the Bulls mm-hmm. love an underdog and all my family's like all oh, the Lakers are gonna win this game and I'm like guys just watch the Bulls are gonna win yeah, and throughout the game they're like Lakers are gonna win the Lakers are gonna win and I'm just like guys just you know Let's see what's gonna happen. And at the the Bulls start coming back, and at the end of the game, uh, Derrick Rose does a little floater over the Pau Gasol. Game-winning floater. Game winning floater. So Bulls win the game, and ever since then, I was just I was just instantly a huge Derrick Rose fan, mm-hmm. a huge Chicago Bulls fan, and a huge NBA fan in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since then, I've just kind of fell in love with basketball. Fair. Um, and then in grade in grade 12 i decided that i wanted to try to make a career out of sports talking about sports the whole media side of it and um applied for ryerson's sport media program didn't get in the first time but applied again a year later and i'm in my second year right now trying to become 
I don't know, the next Mike Breen, Marv Albert, something like that, or even like a sports writer, sports journalist, anything in the sports world. I just want to, you know, I have a huge passion for talking about sports and I just want to make that my my life you know yeah no uh that's dope i think you definitely have the personality you definitely have the on voice personality thank for you, it thank uh, you. definitely championship uh champion that for sure are you so you enjoying it then oh the program is like i said i didn't get in my first year so my first year of university i was in a different program it was like an arts general arts program yeah. and it was more of the typical university feel you know going to your lectures writing exams that kind of thing and it just it wasn't for me mm-hmm. it was big classes with 300 kids every week i'd be sitting beside someone new really hard to make friends and Zero i intimacy yeah and honestly it like that year was probably not probably it was 100 percent the most miserable year of my life not even not even just the school like school made the rest of my life miserable mm-hmm. okay. i just didn't i wasn't happy i would go to class go home not talk to anyone not have any friends i genuinely did not enjoy that year of my life i I wasn't anything i wasn't depressed or anything like that but i just i wasn't happy with where i was at Mm -hmm. and now i i couldn't be happier i don't have many exams my most people have (laughs) most people have like oh write an essay on this write an essay on that mine's like you're working media for the men's basketball game get some get some scrums after the after the game get some good um audio like stuff like that so it's like my homework is stuff that i would do whether or not it was assigned you know what i mean so i i love what i'm doing uh i think that's complete well i I love to see that contrast from when you first got into it like the stuff that you didn't like versus now where you're like yo i just if even if i wasn't assigned this i would do this just off the strength of just like yo this is ill so 100 percent. like last month i was um the men's basketball game, uh, Ryerson was facing off against, I believe it was Windsor, and um, just I volunteered to, I just messaged one of the uh, professors and I said, hey, like, I want to be sideline reporter. So if you if you guys are free, if you haven't signed a, a sideline reporter for that game, I want to do it. And he's like, dope, like, you're on. You're going to do the men's and the women's game. And I was like, I don't know anything about the women's team, but I'll do my research and I'll do it. And I didn't really get anything out of it. I got preparations. I got practice hours, but I already have all my hours. So essentially I just did it for fun. I just want to get experience. And I honestly love doing sideline reporter. I don't know if that's where I'm going to ultimately end up. I could definitely see myself doing it, but I feel like doing like play by play or color commentary is the mm-hmm. uh, end goal. But I would definitely do sideline reporter again. It's really, it's dope being like on the court with the players, um, being able to get get their opinions right when right whenever the action's happening so it's i love it yeah i think when you say you're not sure where we end up i think we're in a lucky time where in terms of your occupation if you're in sports you could wear many hats right? oh, so you, could, you could be behind the desk you could be on the court you could you could be like like david aldridge has his niche like he's on the court on the halftime sure. like he has the same sort of lane as as doris burke but doris burke could have her own show like 100%. she's a personality you know what i mean 100 so, percent, yeah. yeah and i mean it's it's the same thing even like like matt devlin the um play-by-play for the raptors he does he does uh blue jay stuff too during the off season and he does golf yeah ernie ernie johnson 
on TNT. He does he does baseball in the postseason golf too. too. Appreciate golf. his golf. Yeah. I think he does golf too. So, and I mean, not even hats. just in the sports world. A lot of people hear about my program and they think that's really awesome. But what if you don't get into the sports industry? And it's definitely something I've thought about. But the thing is, a lot of the skills I've learned are are transferable to just media in general. Like, mm-hmm. if you know how to work a camera for sports, you can learn how to work a camera for a movie production or stuff like that. Obviously, there's things you have to learn, but the basics, the, the basic skills are there. And it's the same thing with being on air. Like, obviously, I, I, I think I would thrive in being on air talking about basketball or talking about whatever sport I'm talking about. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't be able to do on air as like a... I don't know, uh, a TV show host or something like that. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. that's not where I see myself um, right now, but the skills are definitely transferable. I hope I end up in the sports, uh, sport media industry. You definitely will, for sure. We'll see what happens. I think you will. I really hope so. I, I really will. hope so. But let's get on the the Bulls. You said your Bulls is your favorite team, so they had a pretty eventful week. Uh, yeah. Your man got canned. Yep, Mr. Hoiberg. Mr. Hoiberg. Um, we had, I had, I had, I said on my last episode, I said the Bulls are arguably the worst, the worst organization currently right now, and you take no offense because you just. No, I think it's a, it's a fair, it's a fair, <laughs> it's debatable. I really don't like. They the, could, it's debatable with like the Suns. Yeah, I, I don't like the way, <laughs> I don't like the way they're. Um, being handled on the you know the top of the organization the the head office i don't like gar packs running stuff there i didn't like fred hoiberg i didn't think he deserved a coaching position in the nba to be honest Mm -hmm. if you want my true opinion i think the only reason fred hoiberg was hired was because just before that the celtics had hired brad stevens out of college and everyone was like how's that gonna work how's he gonna be as a coach and he thrived he did really well as a head coach um and is still doing very well people are saying he's the next greg popovich like he's a great coach i think brad stevens is one of the best coaches in the nba 100 and i think the bulls were hoping that fred hoiberg would be like another brad stevens i think that's why they got him and they needed to have some sort of contrast from tom thibodeau who was such a defensive-minded coach who ran his starters into the ground and even tom thibodeau i mean we can get into it if you want we got time a couple different opinions on tom thibodeau but i think they just wanted something new they wanted a coach that would play run and gun basketball and the bulls did for the most part but it didn't result in any wins I was surprised by by uh, Fred Hoiberg getting fired, though, to be honest. How come? Because when you look at the state of the team and the pool of talent they have, and I think at full health, I think the talent is there, but they're all still very... The talent is still in its, in its like incubator stage. 100%. Zach Levine. Uh, what's, the, what's the center's name? Wendell? Wendell, Wendell Carter. Carter. Laurie uh, Markkinen. Laurie Markkinen, Bobby Portis. Even Chris Dunn. Chris, I mean, not too many people are big fans of him, but Chris he's a young Dunn. Guy. I, I see the, the allure and the, the appeal in him. Um, he just needs to get a jump shot, that's all. For sure. And um, uh, they have, oh, uh, Cameron Payne, still fairly young. Yeah. You know, they got, they got some pieces over there. So, like, 
I just don't feel like obviously winning's not in their best interest. For sure, it's definitely not. So I genuinely, it sounds so wrong to say, but I'm a Bulls fan, and every time I see that they won, I get a little bit angry. Like why? I you, want that you, draft pick. You don't. You don't need. You like, don't. You know what I mean? So that's why I was surprised. That's why I was surprised because there was no there was no uproar, like for their record. Everyone was really happy with Levine going for 25 plus a night. Yeah. So the he's on my fantasy team, so very happy about that. There you go. So the firing kind of came out of nowhere for me personally, and then they got smoked by what 56 two nights ago. 50 last night, I think. Last night. 56, their biggest, uh, largest margin of. I guess not margin of victory, margin of loss. Um, got booed franchise, off. Got, got booed yeah, off the got court. Got booed off, and as rightfully they should, so. As they rightfully should. so. I think, I think the thing is, I'm. I was definitely surprised by Hoiberg getting fired, but I'm also happy about it. I think the Lasted, reason what two, three years. Uh, two, I think, yeah, I think three, two. Like this was his third season. I think two, two and change. Yeah, two and change. I think the reason I'm I'm surprised is because, well, they weren't winning games, but they weren't expected to. But at the same time, they didn't even have Laurie Markkinen. He hadn't played. He had been right, injured. Right. So you're already a weak team, and now you don't even have your best pl- I mean, you can argue Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, but Zach Levine just joined the Bulls. So before Zach Levine got there, your best player. So why fire him? On the other hand, though, I'm very happy because I genuinely do not like Fred Hoiberg as a head coach. And all that needs, like, the only thing that will make me happier now mm-hmm. is them getting rid of their GM and president. But yeah, overall, I just think, I mean, we'll see who they end up getting as a new head coach. I mean, right now it's the interim head interim head coach is uh, coaching right now. It was a great debut, I think. Well, when the, they beat a red-hot Thunder team that came in there. They did, yeah. And it was a close game. Next game, we got smoked out. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, I think the Bulls, I genuinely think they have a bright future. I think... I do, too. I think I they already have their front court of the future. I think Laurie Markin and Wendell Carter um, Jr. will be their power forward and center for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, 100% sure with Laurie Markkinen. We'll see about Wendell. He's, it's his rookie season. Who's, so. who's Wendell's NBA comparison? When he got drafted, I think his comparison was Al Horford. That's a that's a that's a good comparison. It's a good comparison for sure. I mean, like for something to aspire to be. Yeah. Al Horford is slept on. Yeah, he's one of the most slept on players, and honestly. I'm not even the biggest fan of him, but I know he's talented. Like, I know he's... Al Horford, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, he can stretch out, shoot the three, which is almost needed now as a center in the NBA. He's just an underrated defender. 100%. He's He's a great defender. Like... Phenomenal defender. So I think they have their front court of the future. I think Zach Levine definitely has a role there. I mean, I think he needs to develop his defense and learn to be a more... um, a better two-way player. Chris Dunn, I'm on the fence. I think Chris Dunn would be a solid backup point guard. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would start on a competitive basketball team. And then in terms of small forward... Say Chris... Wait, that was Chris... Chris Dunn. Okay. And then in terms of small forward... It's not... It's, they don't have much right now. You know who I saw in Chris Dunn in his rookie season? I saw Ricky Dwayne Wade. Because, Rookie Dwayne Wade. Because in Chris Dunn, I saw the athleticism, For but sure. he had no jump no shot. No jump shot at all. Dwayne Wade had no jump shot. He's a shot. great defender. Yeah. Chris Dunn's a great defender. Dwayne Wade, albeit isn't the greatest 
Dwayne Wade's one of those defenders where, like, when he if he wants the ball from you, if he really wants the ball, he'll get the ball from you. Hundred percent. But help defense is more of his thing. So yeah. like when I see Chris Dunn and he has that on ball presence and he has a, a lot, he has a bigger wingspan than Dwayne Wade. I just it's the way their their builds are. I saw I definitely that was the first comparison I made for sure. Yeah, there's he can definitely become a like a great player in this league and he's he's a solid player right now. I just mm. think if you're the Bulls right now, you tank as hard as you can and you try to get try to get a RJ Barrett, try mm. to get a Zion Williamson, you try to get a Cam Reddish, you try to get something. If you can get it's definitely um wishful thinking. But if you can go and get RJ Barrett, I mean, he's probably going to go number one, okay. I think. Okay. Definitely top three, but I but. think he could go number one. Well, always based on team needs. I 100%. Mean- but I think I'm one of those guys that's, if you have the number one pick, you go for the best guy on the board. Unless you're a champ, unless you're like the Celtics who like have like a really high pick, but they're also a good team and they're in win now mode, then you go for what you need. Which is like, you know, they went for Jason Tatum or like they went for Jason Tatum instead of, I guess it was Markel Fultz that year. Right. But I say you go for the best player and then work from there. My thing is we have information about the new uh, draft uh, the draft lottery rules, yeah. right? Stopping so, teams from tanking. We're trying to stop teams from tanking. When I see... When I see the Bulls doing what they're doing and then I look to... I look to Phoenix and I see what Phoenix is doing. Like, you're not going to look at me and tell me that Booker is going to miss extended time. Yeah. The kid's a gamer. The kid likes to play basketball. For sure. So it was like, for a Suns fan or a Bulls fan, and I'm not a fan of either, what's what's the point if you're not guaranteed that? You know what I mean? Like your odds are the odds aren't going to be guaranteed to be in your favor. Well, I think as a Bulls fan, I'm thinking I'm I'm never expecting to get the number one pick. But where the Bulls are right now, I would be very surprised. Even the way the new draft um, lottery works, I would be surprised if they don't get a top five pick. Yeah, that's fair. And especially in a draft like this, a top five pick could very well be a franchise player. RJ Barrett, I think, is a franchise player. Zion Williamson is a freak of nature. Yeah. And you go a couple more picks down, there's a lot of talented players. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're the Bulls, you just you hope that you get the luck of the draw and get a really high pick, hopefully top three. But I think regardless, assuming the Bulls finish out this season the way they're starting it and they end up with one of the worst records in the NBA, they're going to end up with at least a top 10 pick, but probably top five. I told my friends that in terms of uh, when speaking on Zion Williamson, I told them, I said, the kid looks like he was made in like a peachy dish. He looks like he was made in a laboratory. Yeah. Do you, th- do you think his game can translate to the NBA? 100%. Why is it? I, I've been hearing everyone saying his comparison is LeBron because... He has that just crazy athleticism. Like, you look at him, and I remember seeing him for the first time. I'm like, he's kind of big. Like, mm. can he get up? He's husky. And then you see him get up, and I'm just, like, in shock. And he's one of those guys that he can shoot, but he doesn't have a shot. Like, he's capable. He's capable, 
but it's not there yet. Right. That's a lot like LeBron James. It took LeBron a while. He was capable, but it took him a while before he really developed a solid three-point shot to the point where he was lethal. I don't think it was even until he really got to like Miami that it was like, okay, you got to step out and and take this guy. But I think with Le with LeBron and like, you know, LeBron is a generational talent, right? 100%. What's the next generational talent ever since LeBron got drafted? Steph? I'm, I'm talking in terms of someone who's like changing the way the game is played. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm not mad at Steph. Who else? Anthony Davis? What do you, you mean like, a, like, Okay, let me ask, who's the who's the generational player before LeBron? MJ or was there someone in between? Kobe because Kobe well there's a few. There's a few. Well Kobe, that ninety-six draft. There's a few Steve like Nash was in that draft. Like Garnett. I think was Garnett in that one or the one pre front out. Garnett was ninety seven? I think Garnett was ninety seven. Yeah, someone's Kobe, gonna fact Steve that. Nash, AI. But like people like that, like you had multiple. That was a deep draft where you had multiple franchise players that either you know went on to win rings, MVPs, uh, like Steve Nash, multiple MVPs. You had Dirk two years. I think Dirk was '98. Uh, got to the Bucks, flipped to the Mavericks. He's an MVP. So I, like Dirk's a generational talent. Okay. Kobe's a generational talent. Sure. Uh, it's is, just that is AI. AI is a generational talent. Okay. This this thing, what I see about LeBron, though, that I didn't see in anyone else that people were hyped up on was his leadership, that intangible, mm -hmm. right? Because we could talk about physical attributes, like, all day. Like, you know, people champion uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, because Andrew Wiggins could jump out the gym. He has an incredible vertical. But, you know, do, do those things translate to win, do they translate to great on-court performances? Does he galvanize his team? I LeBron think, does that. You just can't measure it when you look at him. I think it's a little bit different just because LeBron didn't play in college. So, like, in high school, it, like, everyone was watching him in high school. He was, he was the man. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, you look at Zion Williamson, no matter what, he can't be, like, the man at Duke. Duke's one of the most well-known storied storied um college basketball um programs yeah. programs of all time mm -hmm. i mean their head coach is the coach of the team usa basketball team there you go you have <laughs> three three players on your team are projected to go top five in the draft <laughs> so i think there's only so much zion can do yeah at the same time i don't think anyone is ever a sure thing never because if they were then there wouldn't be busts you know what i mean like anthony bennett i don't think anthony bennett i don't think anyone was expecting him to go number one but i don't think anyone's expecting him to get to be so bad that he's not even playing in the g league up no he's actually turning up a g league right now actually right now yeah, but yeah. there was a point where he wasn't even right, playing right, in the right, g league right, 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 right. and this is a guy that the Cleveland Cavaliers decided was the best player available available For so there's them, yeah. never it's never a sure thing and I mean you look at guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo he was what pick 15 yeah something stupid Kawhi was like 30 28 
In all, no, he was 15. In all fairness, though, I see why a player like Giannis would, would drop like that. Why? Because... Just because of where he played? Like, he didn't play in, like, college? Giannis doesn't have any basketball. He, even now, as as good as he is, and people are gonna people might be offended, but I, I don't mean offense, he doesn't have... He doesn't have any immense basketball skills. I, it's predicated I, on his athleticism. I totally understand what you're saying. So Just his length does so much for him. Like his Euro step and all that stuff. It's all because like he's long. Like he doesn't need to be that close to the rim no, to be exactly. able to dunk it. He could dump off dunk he could dunk the ball off of his toes, right? So his game, he's so good and he's so prolific because he is a freak. You know, that's that's what his name is, right? So I see why a player like that would go kind of kind of that that deep in like mid draft, mid first round, right? So But that's the thing. I think Zion is a freak. Not in the same sense as Giannis, not not in the same way, but his athleticism, especially for his body type, is I've like I've never seen something like it before. The only thing I would compare it to like recently is I don't know if you're an NFL fan, but like Saquon Barkley. I hear I hear his name a lot. I hear his if name a you've whole seen lot. this guy's quads. <laughs> They're mat like his quads like, like are horse, the, like horses, like a horse, like quad. the size of <laughs> me, like my torso. He's massive, and the way this Ugh. like he's huge, but this guy runs like crazy, jumps higher than anyone. He's just unreal. He's just a an athlete, and I feel like now in the NBA, like teams are just looking for just athletes that they can that they can build. Like you can teach skill to a certain extent. There's some things you can't teach, but if you take a player who has the the ability, the length, the athleticism, I feel like you can, for the most part, turn them into a, a good basketball player. Now that's not always the case because, like the Raptors did that with Bruno Caboclo, a young guy who they tried, who they like. He had no right being drafted in the first round, but they thought Brazilian Kevin Durant, like he had the length. And they wanted to build him into an amazing player. And I mean, he did pretty good in the G League. Mm-hmm. He did solid. And I've I've met him before. I've talked with him um, and watched him play in person. He's solid, but he's never gonna be like Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's nothing. He's not like that. Yeah. So. Do you think he had when you spoke to him? Did you sense that that drive? Did you sense the drive? Um. No. Yeah. But. At the same time, like, it wasn't a super long conversation. So I was talking to him, and it was actually about a week after um, his daughter was born. So it was at, um, so Ryerson hosts, I don't know if you know what Crown League is. It's like, it's like an NBA summer league, but, like, one in Canada that's barely any NBA players actually come. But it's NBA sanctioned, so, like, NBA players are... Like, obviously, there's a lot of things they aren't allowed to do. Like, they aren't allowed to play, like, pickup basketball and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They are able to play in Crown League. Not a lot of people play. This year, I think the only NBA players were um, Joel Anthony played. Obviously, he's not in the NBA anymore, but he played. Um, Kelly Olynyk played the year before. Joel uh, Anthony's a two-time champion. Yeah, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson played. Um, okay. Dylan Brooks on the Memphis Grizzlies. He okay. played. He hit a game winner, actually. Um, and Bruno played and Bruno played 
pretty good and then i saw him after and he was with his he was with the baby so i don't want to say he didn't have I don't want to say he didn't have drive because, I mean, if your baby was just born a week ago, I don't know if the biggest thing on yeah, your mind would be basketball. Completely fair. But I remember I was asking him, like, oh, are you going to be playing next week in Crown League? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm heading to Vegas for a uh, training camp. So I don't want to, I'm not going to say he wasn't focused on basketball because he was. But you asked me, did I see that drive? No. Fair. Priorities change when you have it when you have a child. So exactly, completely fair. Uh, before I forget, I have to ask you. You know the regular pleasantries. List me your top four in order, as we speak. Or you know, give me your projections top four in both conferences in order. Teams. Yes, rankings, conference rankings. Um. Okay, Eastern Conference Raptors number one. I don't know how I don't know what the Celtics record is right now. I know it's not the best, but I feel like they'll. No, projections like for for when it's all. When yeah, end of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm. I don't know how far back because I think the Celtics are gonna get back to their winning ways, but I don't know how far back they actually are. I think they're too. I think they're too above 500. If I'm not mistaken. I'll say Raptors. Raptors, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers. That's my East. Raptors. Bucks, Celtics, Sixers. Okay. Okay. I depending on whatever, however the Celtics do, I could see it being the other way around, where the Celtics are the four seed, and I could also even see the Bucks kind of dropping. I think they've started off really well, and I think they're definitely a much better team than they were last year. Brook Lopez is a big, um, big pickup for them, and I think they're just playing good team basketball. But I don't know if they're going to be this good um, throughout the season. I don't know how much Giannis can really carry. Are the Bucks own. the real deal? Are they the real? Are they? Could they make it to the finals? If, is that what you're asking? I mean, like, can they can they perform? Will they perform when the time when the time comes? Will they perform? I don't think that they could beat the Raptors or the Celtics in a seven-game series, and that's honestly a pretty hot take considering they've already beaten the Raptors two times this season. Yeah. Um. But I genuinely think in a seven-game series. Why Leonard would find a way to obviously not stop Giannis, but to slow him down. I think the Raptors are just a deeper team than the Bucks, as are the Celtics. They're an extremely deep team. I think when it just comes to a seven-game series and you're, you know, in the regular season, it's different because it's like, okay, today we're playing the Bucks, tomorrow we're playing the Grizzlies, the next day we're playing the Rockets, whatever it may be. When it's a seven-game series, you have the ability to really focus and analyze a team, see what works well with them, and how you can stop that. And I think in a seven-game series, the Raptors would be able to learn how to stop Giannis and Tedekumpo and how to stop the Bucks, as they did in the playoffs before. Obviously, completely, like I said, completely different team, mm-hmm. but... Um, and even the Bucks gave us problems. Like I think the two game, I think it was six games that the Raptors, or was it six games the Raptors beat the Bucks? It was six games. Six games, but those two losses were pretty big losses. Yeah, they lost one of them especially. The last game one, the last game one. And I think the the second game they lost was by like thirty points. Yeah. Like it was the game they were gonna like close out, and they just like fell apart. Mm-hmm. So the Bucks are definitely the real deal. I think they're playing really well. Um, I'm not expecting them to drop outside of the top four. But in terms of beating the Raptors, the Celtics, maybe even the Sixers, I'm not 100% sold on the Sixers yet. I don't think they'd beat them in a seven-game series. 
I told you before you started, I think I, I, I had a hot take on the Raptors. You can fill me in because you're closer to the players and stuff, but just just for kicks. I see Kyle Lowry's recent game logs, and then I saw the interview that you did with uh, Rachel McNichol. Yeah. Do you think... I, I, part of me feels like there may I be some... I think I know where you're going with this, but there, go ahead. There may be some, like, personal agendas on Kyle Lowry's part. Are you saying? Are you saying you? Think I feel he like he's be... playing himself out of Toronto. That's why I, I feel that. I feel like he's playing himself out. When I say when I mean playing himself out, I feel like when I see and I know Kyle Lowry could play. He's not a scrub. He's an All Star. Whether or not he would be an All Star out of out of Toronto, the, y'all could debate. But we all know the guy could play. I should not be looking at your back scores. I don't your 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 box scores and your game logs. I don't care how injured you are. There's, you have no business scoring zero points. Or like, you know what I mean? It's just I, I, I in 34 minutes. And then when you get asked the question, well, how's your relationship with Masai um, Jerry? Oh, you know, he's he's the president of basketball operations. You know, I'm the player. Mm-hmm. And he does his job. And I do my job. It just sounded very, it sounded petty. And it just sounded like him saying, oh, okay. Okay, this is this is what I'm gonna do right now. <laughs> I see, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's what's going on, and I think one of the reasons why I'm giving Lowry the benefit of the doubt, and it's sad to say, but like, he's that type of player to have some really bad games. Usually, it's not until the playoffs that he kind of disappears, but. I could, like, if you told me, like, oh, Kyle Lowry had zero points tonight, I could totally see that because there's some games where he's just not on, and it's lately been, he been hasn't like, been, it's been on. It's been like that for, like, a week and change. It's like. been, like, a week, but I don't, and I know A shooting slump is a shooting slump, but, like, keep shooting. 100%. You, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have over five, over five isn't, 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 it's not that you went over five, it's that you only took five shots. That That's the thing, because I was going to say, like, I would I would say maybe there'd be more truth to what you're saying if you shot like over 15 or something because it's like there's no way you miss 15 shots but over five it's like oh you missed five shots yeah but I see where you're coming from the issue is that he's not shooting the ball but I don't know if that's I don't know if I'd say it's because like he's trying to play himself out or he's just kind of because not comfortable when you look at the numbers and you do the eye test he's purposely and there's nothing wrong with being passed first right there's nothing wrong with that sure. but it's 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 a direct contrast into what he was in the past and recent seasons where he was a guaranteed if not 20 points at least 17 points seven assists Where now he's amongst the league if not the league leader amongst the league leaders in assists and it's just like okay well the team needs your scoring you know you're arguably the best three-point shooter on the team like where are you though like, <laughs> yeah i think I think it's just a slump because Maybe. Maybe. you know beginning of the season he was how ha- he was starting off like one of the best starts to his career like in a season ever like score like scoring pretty well passing the ball I think he was leading the league in assists for a for a period I of time I was very impressed yeah very so impressed I definitely don't think he was playing himself out or I don't think he would just kind of start after this um, interview with Rachel Nichols yeah um Makes for, but, a, makes for a great hot take though for sure yeah no it's it's interesting i think you know the raptors have a really tough schedule right now they had um they're facing some juggernauts for sure yeah they had the bucks they lost to the nuggets just just 
like a few days ago or maybe a week ago. And now they go to the West where they play the Warriors. They play the Nuggets at home. Um, they play the Blazers, who are always a tough team to play. And I'm not sure who the fourth team is. But, I mean, they just lost their second in a row, and I wouldn't be surprised if they lose a couple more. Um, like I said, it's just a tough time for the Raptors. Honestly, if there's a time for you to start like losing some games, it'll probably be now because they're doing so well. They have such a pretty good lead in terms of um, the top seed in the East. So, I mean, you're going to lose some games. Every... Edit that out and post. <laughs> <laughs> like, every team has a slump at one point or another. I mean, the Warriors have been slumping this year but i'm still expecting them to be in the finals i'm still expecting them to win the championship so it happens i mean you know the raptors are what 21 and 7 now sure they've lost two in a row but it's not a bad place to be considering their record i still don't think they've hit their stride though definitely not i definitely think we've seen um moments like seeing them just pass the ball really well i love i love seeing like danny green shooting in the corner um having pascal do his his signature spin move and um i have a question for you what's up how do you feel about Kawhi? kind of i feel like i've watched quite a bit of raptors basketball this season and he kind of takes over a lot and plays like iso ball mm -hmm. do you like that like because he's kind of like the guy in toronto or do you think it kind of takes away from the whole team basketball how do i feel about Kawhi playing iso ball yeah like i feel like a lot of the times you know, if they need a bucket, it's in his hands and he's taking it and he's not passing it. He'll take a screen and, and drive in and take like a mid-range or try to take it to the rim. There's very low chance that he's actually going to pass the ball when the team desperately needs a bucket. Well, I mean, there, I mean if you ask that, there's, there's no contrast to, you know, when looking at that and looking at the way DeRozan was utilized in the offense last year, right? So do I... Do I like it? Yeah, because you know he converts at a high clip. You know the, the offense works for sure. You know, and those plays are those plays are drawn for him. Like you never see, you rarely see Kawhi like waving people out the way. Yeah, calling no, definitely like those, not. those 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 plays are drawn. Um, but yeah, I mean, you always want your best like player uh, taking the last shot. I remember uh, reviewing the highlights for the game they lost to the Nets you know feisty Nets team right and Kawhi had a chance to hit the game winner before uh remember the shot that he missed over yeah uh Hollis Jefferson the next play before um Fred Van Vliet got the ball and he missed a three uh I think I feel like Pascal passed it to Kawhi on the three-point line, and Kawhi kind of dribbled towards the 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 apex of the three-point line. But he could have turned the corner, yeah. But he didn't turn the corner. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure Kawhi can dribble with his left. I'm like, why didn't he turn the corner for yeah. a free lane, right? So there's just this little little stuff like that i've been picking up on but no i don't i don't i don't i don't, I don't mind the the iso ball because it works like if you didn't convert at a high clip i'd have a problem with yeah it. Be like you'll pass the ball but no, I, I definitely agree with you i think i don't think they've hit their stride yet i think we've only seen a taste of how good they can really be i just hope 
at some point they get to that level because I feel like the Raptors never really play to their full capabilities. And I feel like especially when um, playoff time comes, they don't always play their best basketball. Um, they vanish in April, perennial. perennial. Yeah. But my, my thing is, like, I feel like they should run more. I'm on the Pascal Siakam bandwagon. Like, uh, if he's he's not a great player, but I see the potential and I see the allure, right? I feel like they should run more plays for that guy. I think he's a great player. It's his physique. He's 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 built in a way where he's hard to stop if he plays downhill. For sure. And I, I think you got to give him credit because no one no one saw this guy. I didn't see that coming. Coming like that. Like I remember looking at his stats, I think it was about a week ago, and last season he averaged about seven points. This season he's averaging about 15 um, field goal percentage is beautiful. Field goal percentage it's is beautiful. amazing. I think he's a fan. He's fantasy gold for sure. A hundred percent. I think there's a couple, there's a couple players that could um, win most improved player this year, mm-hmm. but I think Pascal's probably the favorite right now. Fair enough. When you when you double your point per game, like you're pretty much you're usually a shoe in if you do that. I feel just just, just gotta show love to the. Got to show love to the North, you know what I mean? So, um, I was talking to my boy, John John, and uh, Kia, I said, yo, I think this is like the first podcast born out of Toronto that's not a Raptors podcast, because you're a Bulls <laughs> fan and I'm a Heat fan, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm definitely a Raptors No, fan. you always want to see the home team do well, but let me tell you, like, if the Raptors and the Heat were in, like, a seven Conference night, finals. Now I'm, I'm going for Miami, 100%. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm that's going just, with the Bulls. That's just me. I have to. If I wouldn't, I'd be a fake. Yeah. You know what I mean? The one thing that would be tough for me would be, um, say the Bulls were playing against the Timberwolves because I love Derrick Rose. Okay, you want to see him. You want to see him win. Especially the stuff Derrick Rose has been through the last couple of years. And it's honestly, it warms my heart to see him playing so well this year. And I've seen people even making an argument that he should win most improved player, which I find it would be really, it would be really weird. He would be the first MVP to win most, like win most improved after MVP. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't I think he probably has a better chance of winning like six man than MVP mm-hmm. um, because honestly like people think that he was like terrible but he wasn't he was like when he was playing with the Knicks he was averaging like 15 it's yeah. not bad it's not Derrick Rose no, it's not Derrick Rose's old numbers he's averaging like, like, numbers, pretty sure he's averaging like 16 and 5 right now no when I as a Nick oh yeah and now I think he's averaging like 19 or 20, and he had obviously yeah. he had that like, 50 point game. It's it's good to see Derrick Rose yeah. happy. Like you, you can see him playing. Like he just looks happy. He definitely looks, definitely looks happy when he dropped the 50 burger. I yeah, I literally stood up. This I was by my damn self. I stood up and I I clapped for him like yeah. in front of the team. I'm like I have to clap for this guy. No, he's he's one of those players who you root he for. He plays him. with his heart on his sleeve. Um, and he's just—I like him. Every player that I, every player that I like, I used to hate though. I used to hate. You Derek, didn't used to like I Derek used Rose? to hate Derrick Rose. Why? I hated everyone that went up against a team I love. So they went up against oh, so Miami. Oh, they went up against Miami. Right. I used to hate Kobe for whatever reason. I hated him. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Now. I used to hate Paul Pierce. Love Paul Pierce. Now. But when did the Lakers go up against the Heat? 
one of the Lakers go up against just in the regular season like oh. matchup like tit for tats and I saw how good he was I'm like how can I hate this guy see I I think this will we can definitely get into a little argument here but I genuinely think the season that Derrick Rose tore his ACL the first time I genuinely think that Bulls team had a good chance of beating the Heat that Bulls team yeah so that was the makeup wasn't different from when they got eliminated the year before though but they were just a better team Derek I just felt like they were a better it was a better Derek Rose it was a Derek, better Rose Derek Rose was better um and it was I I just think that team was so deep they had Kyle Korver coming off the bench Taj Gibson coming off the bench Kyle Korver? they had Kyle Korver off the Kyle bench Korver? it was starting lineup was Derek Rose Rip Hamilton <laughs> um Luol Deng Rip started yeah the whole year I don't know about the whole year, but he, for the most part, like you're getting buckets for you guys. Like, like obviously it wasn't like Pistons rip, but yeah. like it was like go to like he would just he would come off an off ball screen and just hedge and get a mid range bucket just over and over. That's all he did. So it was Derrick Rose rip, Luol Deng, who was like he became an all star. He was like borderline all star, and you have Carlos Boozer, who was solid at the time. He was solid, and then Joakim Joe Noah. Who was Taj Gibson the off the bench? Taj Gibson off the bench. Kyle Korver off, 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 off the bench. Uh, CJ, oh, what's his name? CJ Watson. Watson. He was wet. was really good at that time. He was a sniper. Um, yeah. I don't think they would mess with the Heat. <laughs> I, I think, I think it's just the way they were coached. I think they were so well coached, and I guess now we can kind of get into Tom Thibodeau. Maybe. I liked him as a coach. But I think in terms of like, if I was if I was a GM or a president of basketball operations, whatever, I would love to have have Tom Thibodeau as my defensive coach, not as my head coach. Just like you would love to have Dwayne Casey as your defensive coach. Sure, but not your head, not your head coach. Yeah, sure. And only because. Tom Thibodeau focused on defense, and I think defense is so important. And I loved watching the Bulls play defense because it would be a bad night if they allowed, like, 90 points. When yeah, now, like, teams are scoring, like, 120, 130 on a regular basis. They played some stifling defense, I do remember. The only problem is he didn't play off. Like, they, like, did not worry about offense at all. They just had, like, they're just like, offense will come. And no, the offense was Rose. The offense was Rose, that's what I mean. <laughs> but then the, the, they had a couple years where Rose wasn't really playing. He was injured all the time. Okay, yeah. And yeah. Well, they didn't, Butler came in. Yeah, Butler started to come in, and they didn't really have didn't really have any kind of sparklers besides Nate Robinson. He was on the team at the time, and he, he was, like, one of their leading scorers. Outside looking in, I'll tell you the downfall of the Bulls. Outside of Rose getting injured, because even without him, like, when everyone else was healthy, they did their thing. But the downfall for the Bulls was... Uh, Joakim Noah's fallout and Luol Deng. That's what I mean. People say a lot of that is because of Tom Thibodeau. They say that he ran them into the ground. They w- Luol Deng led the league for a long time in minutes played. Yeah, 40s in the 40s. Yeah, in the yeah. 40s, Joakim Noah played a lot of minutes, mm-hmm. and that's why he got that plantar fasciitis. Like, that's how it's pronounced. Pretty um, sure, yeah, I think you got it right. And then Luol Deng had was like in the hospital lost like a bunch of weight um it was just bad and I, I don't want to say it was all on tom thibodeau but you can't be you can't be running your starters for 40 minutes a game 
not today. on average not today yeah not today not today on average like sure like it's if it's a close game you're gonna run them as long as you need to yeah but day I, in day out you can't be running your starters like based that. off the pace and how much people get up and down like if we want to talk numbers no that should never be the case that's what i mean and especially the bulls who had like i said a deep team at the time it was deep. there was no like they were a one seed there was no need to your freshman memory they were definitely yeah they're a deep team they were they were a deep team and when derrick rose was there like he was he was the man and i love that team but like i said i wouldn't have tom Thibodeau as my head coach but i definitely have him as my i don't know if it's called it's I don't know if it's called defensive coordinator in in uh, basketball, like yeah, defensive coach, yeah, yeah. whatever you want to call it. But I think it is defensive coordinator. I mean, he was the defensive coordinator. Um, was it on the Celtics when they won the championship? Yeah, I think it was the Celtics. Mm -hmm. So like, obviously he's a, he's a skilled head coach, and honestly, I'm kind of surprised at how poor the Timberwolves are on defense. I thought they would be kind of like they just not built for it though yeah there's no. one there's one thing having the defensive mind that doesn't actually physically play the game but you have to have the pieces to match for sure oh, you that's feel true. Me? the bulls had joakim noah who was defense player of the year they had taj gibson who's a great great defender mm -hmm. um Corver is not the best defender um Corver can move his feet though it's not like he's, he a, could, poor, yeah, he's, he's not, not a, a poor defender though. yeah by any stretch he's not poor at all this just doesn't have the body to defend. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. You don't look at him and be like, yo, stick that guy. Nah, yeah. Nah. No, I hear you. Um in terms of like Tom Thibodeau, I, I said this many times in my group chat. Everyone they threw tomatoes at me in the group chat. Oh man, that's a it's a soft mentality. Yo, they get paid millions, a hundred millions of dollars, man. Just let them play the game. But I'm like, yo, you you can't fight nature. Like you're you're gonna your limbs are gonna explode for sure at, at some point. And I think I think that's the thing with the Raptors. Like a lot of people are getting mad that Kawhi's sitting so much. I am a hundred percent for Kawhi sitting if it means he's gonna play better in the playoffs or he's gonna play more. He can play more minutes in the playoffs, or you know what I mean. If it if him sitting now means that we have a better chance come April, May, hopefully June. I'm for it. I don't care. Um, okay, I hear you saying, but I think they're just. I think they sit him on back to backs to appease him and his uncle, and let him. Yeah, so that. Nah, that's that. That's you think that's it? Hundred has nothing to do with. So like, you think he? Him fresh so you think he doesn't want to play on back to backs? I think he's. I think he's fine. I just think it was like an extra, like, hey, Bill. By the way, and this is Toronto, and you know we have your bird rights, so we could pay you more than anyone else, and we're gonna sit you on back to backs. But I'm saying, does he want that? I don't think he cared. Like if it, if he was, if he was commanded to play every game like everyone else in the league, I don't think he's crying. Like for sure, played, you feel me? But he's one of those players that everyone says he loves to play basketball. Yeah. So do you think if it was 100% his decision, he would play on the second night of a back-to-back? -back? Yeah, 100%. So you think it's the Raptors saying like, yeah, hey, don't worry about it. Like, yeah, relax. we want you to come back next year. We want to stay in your good spirits. For you sure. Know what I mean, like I just that's just that's my take because you know when I look at him i can't say whether or not he's 100 just because of the way he moves he's mm. very hard to read he moves very he moves like he's in the aba yeah he has that aba I, balance to him yeah, so it's hard sure. to tell like if he's injured or he he's plagued by any pain so 
No, nah, man, they're, they're just sitting on back-to-backs to appease him and his management, 100%. It has nothing to do with 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 keeping him fresh for April. I don't, I don't think so. Don't, don't, don't drink that Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink that Kool-Aid, man. But, um... Yeah, Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, that that type of coaching isn't is it's not necessary today. If it, if this was like late two thousands and mid two thousands, where the pace was slower, and not every team played like Steve Nash's sons, yeah, sure. Yeah. Where your scores were peaking at maybe one ten, sure. But and yeah, like you said, I, I think it it depends on the team. Like if you're looking at the Bucks now you need to run Giannis into the ground for the most part. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win a lot of games without Giannis on the court. And the Bucks are a much better team this year. But it's Giannis and then everyone else. He's the engine. He's the engine. I'm not sleeping on Chris Middleton, though, but yeah, Giannis. Yeah, Chris Middleton's is. a solid player. But if Giannis isn't on the floor... All-star, for sure. Yeah. Has to be. So... Same tier as DeRozan. Giannis? No, uh, Chris Middleton. Oh. Ooh. Uh, Two-way, he plays both ends. Sure, he plays both ends. Plays both ends. He has a three-ball. He could create his own shot. You think he gets? He's an all-star this year. Like he gets selected to be an all-star. I think coaches will select him. I think the coaches will. He's definitely not starting for the team. Hundred percent. Oh no, 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 definitely no. Coaches around the league for sure. He has a vote. He would like two-way players, man. Yeah, but then like, I'm trying to think who else would there like who else would be there instead of him. Jimmy Butler, 100%. Well, I think we talked about this before. I don't know if you need to play a certain amount of games for that conference to be selected. Because I don't know how many games he's played in Philly compared to playing in Minnesota. I think he's he's played more in Philly because he's sat a lot. Yeah, but I don't know if he's played enough. I don't know if it's a number you need to play. I don't know if you need to play the entire season for that conference. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Fisher, trust me, he's played enough. He's played enough. I don't eligible. know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, hundred percent. So then he'll be an All Star. Yeah. Um. Well, who who would be the starting lineup? Kyrie. Kyrie, but then Ben Simmons too. So you Kyrie have would probably get more votes. Two guard spots. You're gonna have Kyrie. You're gonna have um. The whole Canada is gonna vote for Lowry. I don't think he gets in. Not on the bench either. No, no, no. For sure he'll be. I think he'll be bench, but yeah. I don't think he'll be. That's the thing. I don't know if it'll be Kyrie and Ben Simmons, because the rest, the other three spots are 100%. It'll be Kawhi, Giannis, Joel Embiid. In my opinion, I can't see a way around that. No, it's, no, no, no. Kawhi, makes, Giannis, Embiid, and sense. Kyrie. It's just who is that? Okay, Kawhi. Kawhi. You know what I think it is? I don't know what. I don't know. People see Ben as barely a star, though. But he'll definitely be an all-star. Yeah, but I feel like people see Jimmy Butler as more of a star than than Ben Simmons. So you could see Jimmy Butler as the starter? starter? Yeah. Well, who else is there, realistically? Kyrie. What about Kemba? He's having a great year. I don't know know how it works votes-wise. I don't know if he's popular in the NBA world, but he is... Killing it. Coach year. has been voting him in the last few years. Oh, he'll 100% be voted in, but you don't think there's a chance he could be a starter? That's a good question. This is, like I said in the previous episode, it's the curious case of Kemba Walker. I don't know. I it's... said this guy's already been a three time All Star and he's having a breakout season. Mind you, he's cooled down. 
you can't drop 60 every night obviously but yeah definitely not but i mean uh yeah there's uh, a know. couple players like that like oladipo how so like a player that i think is like really really talented and i honestly wouldn't be surprised if he gets voted in because he's a very popular he very played popular last year player no no not i mean like as a starter I think the thing that's holding Oladipo back this year is his injury. For sure. Right? So depending on how, how long he's out, we live in a league where it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. That's and fair. we named our top four. But I would be remiss if I said, yo, we should not sleep on the Pacers. Yeah. We should not sleep on the Pacers. As much as I'm tired of, of Miles Turner, and I'm tired of that kid, because, like... I like him. I'm sure he's a good kid. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but there's no reason you should. This guy, this kid's like seven two. Don't pull down three boards. Like, no, I feel just you. sit down. That makes sense. Don't don't I do agree. that. Don't don't tease us. Don't do that. Um, yeah, but don't sleep on him though. That that kid's uh, Sabonis. That guy, that he's amazing. He's a really good basketball player. Amazing. Sure. He's really good. I see. I can't say much because I don't watch too much. You Pacers said. Basketball. You said. Um, uh, uh, Pascal Siakam is a shoe for most improved. My counter to that would be Sabonis. See, I'd have to look at his stats. Oh, he's a he's a machine. Kick a ball for sure. Kick a ball. So I, I definitely pin those two up against each other. Like, if I don't make a poll, I'd be like, yo, who's most improved? I'd be like, Sabonis or, or Pascal Siakam. But to the Western Conference now, because we got off on a, on an adventure. Yeah. Um, Projections, top four order. Top four in the West. I think... Um, the West has gotten tricky again. You know? Yeah. I, I think Golden State gets it together. I think they can finish one seed. They have it together. <laughs> they always had it together. So I think Golden State, I think... Denver, number two maybe. You drinking the Denver Kool Aid? I I I was big on Denver before the season started. Okay. I'm I okay. Jokic is a phenomenal player, best passing big man in the league. I can't say I've seen a player like him before. He's it's a very weird because he's not athletic. He's not athletic at all, and he can have a game where he scores two points and then two the next, points, but he'll then, always finish with like near ten and ten on assists. But he'll bounce. bounce back with like a thirty-seven or exactly. forty. Exactly, that's it's weird. But the thing is, you said like there'll be nights where he finishes with two points, but it's not like two points like he shot one for ten or something. It's two points like he shot like one for one or like one for two, because there yeah. there have been games where he scores literally less than five points, but he he takes like two shots the entire game. So it's not like he's, he's inefficient. He's setting a table for everyone else. Exactly. So if he, even if he's finishing with like four points, but he's still getting like 11 assists or something, I'll take that. Obviously, you'd rather him get those triple doubles where he's like 30, 10, and 10, which happens every once in a while. But you have him. You have Jamal Murray, who I'm a very big fan of, not just because he's Canadian. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Jamal Murray. Like Maybe. Gary Harris a lot. Paul Millsap is one of those underrated players, I think, kind of like Al Horford, in my opinion. Not too many people talk about Paul Millsap that much. I think mostly because a lot of his years were in Utah, which is a city that, kind of like San Antonio, people don't really talk too much about Utah. Uh, now a little bit because of Donovan Mitchell, but... Yeah, no one expected that out of Paul Millsap. Exactly. And then you have 
role players like Will Barton. Um, he's a really solid player. I like him a lot. There's just they have a talented roster and a pretty deep one, if I'm not mistaken. So no, 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 no. They, they, they run deep for sure. I think they're, they're not wrong at all. So after Golden State and Denver, I think it's really up in the air. I don't think, I don't think Houston gets their gets their beep together by the end of the season. I really don't think. I think they'll, they're a playoff team. <laughs> I don't think they'll finish top four. How crazy would it be if they didn't make the playoffs? It would make my life. I'm going to tell you why I don't like Chris Paul, though. It would what? It would make my life. It would make your life. Make That's what life. I thought you said, but I was like, wait. No, no, no. It would make my life. It would make Everyone life. knows I don't like Chris Paul. I respect him as a basketball player, but like I would I would laugh a whole lot. It would... <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. Okay. Would, the, like, say, for example, they don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Would that just be an indicator of how important Trevor Ariza was to that team, or is tre- or is this has nothing to do with Trevor Ariza? It has nothing to do with Trevor Ariza. Because if that's a direct indication of what Trevor Ariza does, then you're, you're the, the, <laughs> we all know that he's a good like perimeter defender, but that's not he's not the domino that fell that to make this all fall apart. There's other behind the scenes stuff like obviously. You can't pin it all on Melo, but the Melo drama was a thing. But and he's gone, and they're still... The defensive coach left and came back, and they're still playing like trash. You know what I'm saying? Chris Paul misses a lot of games, too. There's I a lot think, of moving parts. I think Trevor Reese is important. Obviously, I don't think he's the reason why they're losing all of these games. But I think the fact that that, like, that line that they had when they had like Chris Paul... I think it was Chris Paul Harden, PJ Tucker, um, Trevor Ariza, and I'm not sure who the Capella. five was. Well, I don't know if it was Capella, but like there was a lineup where they could literally switch everything. Like the defense flowed so well. Like they had like because when you have guys like PJ Tucker and Trevor Ariza, it could have been Bamute. Like a really small ball lineup. Interesting. That just shot the ball well and could literally defend every possession every position obviously Harden's not the best defender but you have chris paul who even though you're not the biggest fan is a pretty solid defensive phenomenal he's a phenomenal basketball player exactly. i would never say he's not a phenomenal basketball player pj tucker one of those guys who gets I, down i just don't have respect when you lose by 57 points in a playoff game and people call you a great leader I don't believe that. I don't think you would. I don't believe that. You can't, no, because where have you led your team? You've yeah, the Clippers had way too many opportunities, and they had some bad luck with injuries, but yeah. they had way too many opportunities to, to do something, and they just never got to that point. And I, yeah, I think part of that's on CP3. Yeah, my thing isn't necessarily Chris Paul 100%. It's the Chris Paul fans and the media that call him like an amazing leader. And he does get a lot of boost because he's the, he's the head of the NBA PA. Yeah. That's, that's all. For sure. Like, if people, if no one called him the greatest leader, like, like one of the best leaders in the league, I leave him alone. Because I know he's not. <laughs> this is my thing. the best leader, I mean, it's LeBron, 100%. It's LeBron, 100%. Because you, even that you could, I would bat, I'm, I'm the type to roast LeBron's finals record all the time, but at least he leads his team there. And then whatever happens in the finals happens in the finals. He always loses to the better team. Minus, we could say, you could debate if Dallas was the better team when they won. And the Dallas team was really good. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, Chris Paul, Rockets. If they, if I don't know, I think that says more to the locker room though. 
if you want to call Trevor Ariza like an like an incredible glue guy, that's He's that's like an a veteran. That's an that's an indicator for me for sure, because he has a ring already with the Lakers. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, what was your th- what was your third seed? I'm I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I don't know. It could, like Portland was a team that coming into the season, I thought they weren't going to make the playoffs. And the Lakers started off the season really bad, and they've been playing really good basketball lately. I don't think they're going to be a top four seed. Have, a, have the Lakers been playing really good basketball lately, or have, has LeBron James been playing really good? Okay, LeBron James has been <laughs> taking over. But honestly, I've watched a little bit, and Lonzo's impressed me a lot. He's like, There's some plays where I'm like, okay, like this guy's got some game. I told everyone he could play defense. No one believed me. He could play defense. I mean, he has the body. for. He's a long no, player. Like, he can play defense. He has when a he... bounce. He's athletic. Yeah. No one believed me. Told y'all. I think it's just one of those things where he needs to want to play defense. Because there's games where I've seen him and, like, I don't know, sometimes I just watch him, like, defend off the ball and it just seems like, like, it, it looks like a scene out of, like, YMCA. Like, there's just, like, a guy kind of just slouching, kind of just, like, dragging his feet. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But then I'll see him guarding, like, if he's guard- guarding the ball handler and he's just, like, he's into him, like, trying mm. to steal the ball, trying to make it tough on him. And I'm like, that's the Lonzo we need to see all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what 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 is the West even looking like right now? It's so close we'll, right now. We're going to pull up the live... Uh, the live conference standing. It's so close right now. I, like, I can't even... It's hard to make a prediction. We're so early into the season. Or, what are we, like, 25 games? About that, about that, about that. NBA standings. NBA standings. All right. Oh, sorry. For the West, oh, okay, the Warriors are on top. Uh, the Thunder are in second. Oh, tied oh, for the Thunder, yeah. The Thunder and the Nuggets are tied for second. They're a game behind. And the Clippers are fourth. See, now this is where Lakers it's tough. Fifth. Lakers fifth. This is where it's tough because I did not expect the Thunder to be this good. I did not expect the Clippers to be this good. I don't know if either one of them can continue it. I'm not I'm not a big fan of Westbrook and Paul George like playing together. I like them both. Paul George definitely more than Westbrook, but I don't know if the team's good enough to be like a two seed. Westbrook. Clippers, I really like the way the team is playing. I really like the way the team is built. I, hate I have Tobias Harris on my fantasy team, so yeah. it, it's dope. I hate the Clippers, but I... Do you cute. hate the Clippers? Yeah, it's cute, though. It's cute what they're doing. It's <laughs> definitely cute. Do you hate them because of Chris Paul? I hate them because... I just hate, it's. I just think it's a very trash franchise. They haven't amounted to anything. They've never seen a conference final before. Well, I mean, okay, yeah, I can't. I can't they speak come, on the conference final, but it's kind of hard to play in the shadows of the Lakers. You, you know what? I probably wouldn't hate them if they didn't. If they played outside the Staples Center, I guess it's the fact that they play in the same stadium as the Lakers and they cover up their banners that pisses me off. So you would be okay if it was the LA Clippers, but they played in like a different arena. Yeah, play somewhere else because you don't deserve to be a Staples Center. <laughs> you don't deserve that luster. You don't. You don't deserve it. You don't. You don't. That's my thing. I can see. And that. you cover up the banners like 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 they don't exist. It's just disrespectful. It's disgusting. 
Yeah, no. It's nasty. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I also understand where they're coming from. Like, so, okay, sell it I, to me. Sell it. <laughs> okay, if, if I'm selling it to you, sell it. If you're the Clippers, you want to be known as your own team. You don't want to be known as the second team in LA. Sure. So when you play in the Staples Center, mm-hmm. which everyone everyone knows is kind of the Lakers arena, you don't want to be you don't want to be playing on the court and have a different team in the same league's banners hanging above you. Fair. I understand from your side because it'd be like kind of like a form of disrespect. Like yeah. You have some of the greats like Kareem, Kobe, Wilt, Jerry West, magic. Shaq, just to name it, uh, Magic, James Worthy, just to name I'm a few. I'm pretty sure they retired Michael Jordan's jersey too. The Lakers? I think the Lakers retired 23 and, and the Lakers and Miami retired number 23. Isn't LeBron wearing 23 right now? Is he wearing 23? Yeah. Okay, so it's only the Miami did. So my bad, my bad. Miami retired Michael's jersey. Okay, so that's why he did, that's why LeBron didn't wear 20. Exactly, he wore six there. Okay, pardon me, but continue. But that's that's my point. So just just switch arenas. Yeah, but is it that? I mean, we don't know the logistics of it. We don't know how easy. What I don't like. What arena do the other team? The Kings play. The LA Kings play in the Staples Center. No, I think they probably play the Staples Center. Yeah, but, they, then, but they got prestige. They won two rings, bro. No, I'm not. I'm not saying they don't deserve it. I'm saying like, like is there if you is there another should... arena in LA that they can play in? Amen. Because they're not they're not gonna play in the same arena that the Angels play in. It's not a baseball diamond. Um, and then the Rams, like it's football's a completely different sport. Listen, so. the Raptors used to play at the Rogers Center. They used to run baseball and ball over there. Y'all could I be guess, in LA. But we're just we're this is just hypotheticals. Sure. Like we don't know if they if that's. Sure. Possible if but it's no, plausible. No Clippers fan can look me in the face and say, "Yo, my team deserves to play in as they do." Well, I don't think they're gen- <laughs> I don't think there are genuinely Clippers fans out there. That's my other thing. If you're a Clipper fan, I want someone to tell me why they're a Clipper fan. No one. I've never been a Clipper fan my whole life. And if I did, I want to sit down with that person and I want them to explain to me why. Well, I mean, it's one of those. Like, if you, you just kind of say be, the same thing about like if, the Yankees. If you just want to be opposed to the Lakers, sure. Sure, I'll live with that. I'll live with that. But it's the same thing with the Yankees. Are there, like, Mets fans? I'm sure there are Mets fans. Well, because they play in different areas. Yeah, that's, that's different. Yeah, that's fair. That's a different part. If they play in the same building, I'd be, I'd be roasting Mets fans. But they play in different... Is there any other... Anything like that in, like, the big four, like, major league sports? Where, like, two teams in the same city play in the same arena for the same... Like, in the same league? The... Do the do the Dodgers, Angels Dodgers, or the do- no, Dodgers? Dodgers play. Play, Dodgers play Anaheim. Okay. They play in Anaheim. I'm pretty sure they still do. Because it used to be called an Anaheim. Agent. Yeah. Um, what about the Chargers and the Rams? The Chargers and the Rams play. They play. They play in different. Different arenas. Yeah. yeah. Good question. I'm not a football person. Me either. Because I'm trying to get into it. It makes me too anxious. It's too much stoppage to play. No, I. I was I was like that before, and I'm still like that to a certain extent. Because I remember seeing a statistic somewhere that said like, when you're watching an NFL game, 13% of it is live, like game, and the other yeah, 87% is replays, commercials, don't commentary. Yeah, don't flirt with my attention. <laughs> yeah, like I see where you're coming from, but also. I think it, one of the reasons why I found it so hard to follow football and also one of the reasons it's so hard to follow hockey is that they're wearing helmets and I can't tell who's who. 
football a little bit easier because there's there's structure to football i know where the quarterback is i know where the wide receivers are i know where the o-line is like i know where positions are and i can i can associate that like if i see someone on the outside um say like the giants are playing i see someone running on the outside i know that's odell that's always the wide receiver my friends in my group chat put me on to the strategy in football to the point where i i i have a genuine respect for it now oh 100 i respect the mind i respect i respect football minds that could look at like you know a whiteboard and like draw up a play to you know for decoys and all, yeah. the, all those intricate yeah. terminologies so i respect I, I over the past year or so i've gained um a respect for football yeah but then you look at a sport like hockey and for me hockey's one of the most difficult things for me to follow because if you're like a, a genuine hockey fan i'm probably n- like misinformed but to me it just looks like there's no there's no structure to where they are like they're just going up and down the ice like i know there's i know there's i know i know there's right. there's wingers right. and there's centers and there's defensemen but it looks like they're all playing every position and i know that's definitely not the case right but it just seems like they're like you know they're just skating around and it's like my, it's hard for me to follow my thing with hockey is i can't i can't keep track of the puck yeah and i don't have the attention span for low scoring sports so you don't watch soccer i can't say i've ever seen i've probably seen one live soccer goal my head's always turned i've really? never seen other than the highlight i've never watched the wait soccer. you mean watching tv yeah my head's really? always turned it has always turned see i was like that when i was younger i was like i would only watch it during the world cup mm. i'd be like i cannot watch this and then i kind of started I started following it a bit more, mostly last year, two years ago, um, kind of picking a team. Liverpool is my team, uh, and mm. it's Liverpool is a lot of it's, uh, it's interesting. I like watching it. I like seeing all the statistics. I think for me, my biggest issue with soccer is it's unfair. Why you say that? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> There's a little tangent, people. This is as much as we're gonna get into any other sports. Yeah. So for anyone that's a basketball and soccer fan, or basketball, football, basketball, hockey, this is this yeah. Is for you. I'll I'll go over it real quick. Go ahead. But you look at the NBA. Mm-hmm. Aside from the fact that you can go over the cap and owners can spend however much they want to a certain extent, there is a limit. There's a certain amount of money you have to spend. There's a certain amount of money you can spend. Mm-hmm. Soccer doesn't have that. It all depends on how rich the team is. So, would you have the same argument for baseball as well? Yes. The, I'm not. Does baseball have no limits? I, I, I don't think they have a cap. I th- and if yeah, they I think do, you're right. It's really. High. I think you're right because, like, with like the movie, like Moneyball, mm-hmm. like same thing. So with you take soccer for example a team like barcelona um and a team like southampton they play in completely different leagues but barcelona 99.9 percent of the time will always be better than southampton because they have the money to get the players if they lose a player they can sign another player they spend hundreds of millions of euros on these players 
because they have the money they make the money the f they have so many fans the fans bring in money they just have the ability to so my my issue is like you take a team like like Southampton I don't know why I'm using them as an example but they can only go so far yeah like you'll never be able to genuinely compete on a level with big teams like Barcelona Real Madrid Juventus Liverpool Manchester United but it happened a few years ago and I don't know if you follow the Premier League at all no I don't I don't um, a team named Leicester City okay um I think it was 2015 20 it might have been I'm I think gonna, it was a 2015 2016 I have a season. point that's going to tie this back into ball but no continue I'm following you yeah so in the 2015 16 season this team came out of nowhere at the beginning of the season I think the odds were 1500 to 1 for them to win the title they started off the season well we're like oh you know they're just having a good start middle of the season they're still playing well they're like all right second half like they're definitely going to slow down and they just they killed it the entire season and they won and i think they had i don't i don't know if it was the lowest but it was i think it was one of if not the lowest budget out of all the teams in the league and they won that's the thing it's like a one in a million thing who knows when the next time that'll happen will be i guess the question i would counter with where it's like okay you have you say, for example, their their teams, no matter how good they are, how much love they have in soccer or you know footy or football, based on their monetary capital, they could only go so far. Mm -hmm. Like that's the same thing. That's the same in a lot of sports. Even even the sports that don't have a cap. Like for example, basketball. If you want to like the NBA, if you want to say, okay, if see how good the bucks are right now sure and say if you take uh last year's lakers right like they're record wise they have say even though they didn't have in, a, in an alternate reality where they didn't have the monetary capital that they do now the, and you know stuff like that they still have the social capital they still have the prestige the history the banners the, the attraction mm -hmm. there's no attraction to Milwaukee as I mean as good as they are for sure they're, they're, you, Milwaukee they're, they're one of those teams where they have to be built not bought exactly they have to draft and trade yeah you know you can't they're not they're not getting one via three via free agency for sure the most they're gonna get is a veteran like Elio Silva yeah you know you feel me so like I, I see I see parallels in that was a really good that was a really good um, really good point to bring up though I think okay. I think the thing is like like you said the Lakers. Mm -hmm. The Lakers are arguably the most popular franchise in the NBA, maybe even sports. I you put them say the Celtics. They're with they're with the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Celtics, Yankees, uh, Red Sox, Red Sox, that, Lakers. That handful. Yeah. But the last, how long have the Lakers been out of the playoffs? Like five five years, something like that. A handful of years. Yeah. So even the most popular team has had a pretty lengthy playoff drought mm -hmm. and that's because in my opinion it's because all the teams are almost on the same level of course la is a much more attractive destination than a milwaukee mm -hmm. but they have the money to spend and the and the nba has rules um where like obviously if you if you have it player it's much easier for you to retain that player because you can offer more money than any other team in the nba mm -hmm. soccer doesn't have that so like soccer 
Oh, no, they don't have bird rights. Yeah. And especially with soccer. So, like, in the NBA, like, how are you going to get the best young player? You're going to draft them, right? Mm. In soccer, there's no draft. You buy them. (laughs) There's no draft. But it's not just buying. The way you you looked at me when you said, there's no draft. There's no draft. But it's not just buying. Teams in soccer pride themselves on having good programs for youngsters mm-hmm. like u18 u16 u14 like messi yes. was signed when he was 12 to barcelona that's nuts when he's 12 he signed a napkin as his contract when he was 12 years old that is nuts. because it's like it's like a race to get these youngsters and have them play on your team and all you can do as a team that doesn't have a lot of money is try and get a youngster sign him have develop him into a really good player and then either hopefully try to keep him or sell him to a big team so the, at the end of the day the big teams always win even if they don't have the best players they can pay for the best players mm. like one of the best teams in uh, germany it's a team named borussia dortmund and like they're solid but they're not like the best right now they're playing really well but they're not like top five in the world or anything like that but they have a great development program mm. and the way they make their money is by developing these young players and turning them into stars and having them get to a point where they can sell them to a Barcelona, Juventus, or whatever, and make money off it, and that's how they make their money. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's the bulk and the like their their threshold. Having no threshold, definitely, I see I see the difference there. People tell me stories about player signings all the time in, in Europe, and it's nuts. Neymar signing crazy numbers were not like if some of the like i'm not the biggest soccer guy i'm definitely getting into it a lot more but some of my friends are real big soccer fans and they tell me that there's like there's there's like fees you have to pay because it, it, there's no trades in soccer very rarely is there a trade it's not like i'll give you ronaldo for messi it's it doesn't work like that it's money mm-hmm. so it's like how much will you give me for this player but it's not just paying for the player you're also paying for their transfer fees so i think Ronaldo's fee to like get out of his contract is something crazy like a billion dollars, like a billion euros <laughs> to get out of his contract. Like it's not they make crazy amounts of money. And the yeah. thing is, it's even crazier because they make it in euros. Yeah. Not American, not Canadian. They make it in euros. That is crazy. But then that's why I love the NBA so much because they have these rules put in place so that small market teams like Milwaukee have the ability to hold on to Giannis and Tedekumpo. Um Obviously, Giannis is a bit different because I feel like he genuinely loves playing in Milwaukee and wants to play there the rest of his career if things go well. I know he, I, I remember him saying earlier that if they didn't kind of make any moves and if things weren't going well, then he would remember something. Like he that, would yeah. want to move, but. I could see him being that type of player, and I just like the fact that small market teams have a fighting chance to retain their players and not just lose them to the Lakers and the Celtics and big teams like that. I guess we gotta thank Celtics fans for that, though. Bird rights. Oh yeah. 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 That's crazy how much I hate the damn Celtics (laughs) because of you guys. I mean, they have a they have the Derrick Rose rule too. What's the Derrick Rose rule? Derrick Rose rule is. It's it's complicated, but it's something along the lines of like the amount of money you make depend like can depend if you have this rule in your contract, it can depend on like how many all-star selections you have, if you have like an MVP, because it was like 
So basically, how the collective bargaining agreement works is did, like did Derek Rose sorry cut cut you off? Did the Derek Rose rule come after his injuries? It was yeah, it was after his MVP. Because I feel like are you talking about the supermax? I think Derek Rose created the supermax in terms of the in terms of the credentials that you needed to be qualified for supermax, like a gold medal. Um, all-star appearances exactly yeah yeah right yeah. is that the Derek Rose yeah you were so okay. before like the collective bargaining agreement and like how it is now is it still like the amount of money you can get paid depends on the years of experience you have in the league mm-hmm. like if you play two years there's only there's only so much you can make if you played four to seven years there's only so much you can make if you played eight to nine there's only so much you can make and if you based on based off of when you're drafted too yeah but Derek Rose well he didn't create this rule but this rule was created because of him because he won an MVP in like I think it was his 30. third year in the league. Nuts. So he 22. was able to make more money. Like the amount of money he was allowed to make was not. It was not fair to the to the player he was. Mm-hmm. Like an MVP should get paid more than that. 100%. So that's kind of where the rule came into play. It was nice. just his third year and he won an MVP. Having a rule created after you is. He's, he's a Hall of Famer, man. I, I gotta give it to him. I think he's gonna. Go, I think he should make the Hall. I really hope he does. I think he will make the Hall because we've never had a, a an MVP not make the Hall. But I also don't think we've ever had an MVP like have an MPC, MVP season and then like completely fall apart. I'm sure if we dug, I'm sure if we dug, we could find a few. Think so? Yeah. I don't know. He's another one. Like I feel like you have to throw him in. We gotta throw in Andre Iguodala. Because he has a finals, finals MVP. MVP. Like, there's a. All stars. Iguodala has one all star appearance. Just one? Mm. Okay, there's one all star one. See, his um, finals. And he, and he didn't start. Yeah, his finals MVP, I don't want to say he didn't deserve it, but I don't like the fact that you essentially can't win a finals MVP if your team doesn't win. Why? I don't like that. The only it's only happened once, where a player on the losing team won Finals MVP, and it was Jerry West. So that was like in the '60s or '70s. Yeah. I think I don't think it should happen a lot. I think the majority of the time it should be the winning team. But in that series when Andre Iguodala won, LeBron James was by far the best player in throughout that series. I don't think. I don't think Curry played really well that in that series. I don't yeah. think Klay Thompson played really well. I think I think I think uh, Iguodala got it. People say he got it because he, you know, he got LeBron. But yeah, hundred percent. LeBron, he put thirty-eight on his head every game. But but defense is defense. LeBron's gonna get his. But I think it's because yes, Curry wasn't Curry in the final. Yeah, like I totally understand why Iguodala won. Mm. But in my opinion, it should be the best player. Like. Does that sound like a second place trophy to you? Mm. Do you mean like it? Mm. Like if LeBron won it, it wouldn't it wouldn't count as much just because like he didn't win? Yeah, like I feel like I feel like this is smacking face. Yeah, I I can see that. Yeah, I totally understand that side. I just think. I think it's very specific to this case just you, because LeBron was a monster are you talking about just the word finals mvp like are you are you signaling out the terminology because i get that because he was yeah, technically the most valuable I, yeah i think that's the thing like if you took 
If you took Iguodala off that team, big difference, but still a great team. You take LeBron off that team, they're not. No, they don't, they don't. They don't. They're not. They weren't even a. They probably wouldn't have even been a playoff team because at the time Kyrie wasn't. Um, he, was, he was injured. He was injured. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a. I see arguments for and against. For sure. I see arguments for and against. But to me, trophies are always awarded to if you win something. Like you don't get a cap if you lose. I guess. You get but a, if you get a cap if you get drafted. You get a cap if you get a conference title. You get a trophy if you get a conference title. Well, what do you get for rookie of the year? Rookie of the year, trophy. you get a trophy. That's but a win. Nine, That's a win. Yeah, but ninety percent of the time, rookie of the year is someone who played on a very bad team, team with a very poor record. A lot of the time, not all the time. Great point. I have no rebuttal for that. That's a really good point. Sometimes, but that's the thing. Like, but where the else? chances are, like, if you're a rookie of the year, you're probably a high pick. Yeah. Which most of the time means you got drafted to a bad team. And and also, if if you're on a good team and you're a rookie, where would you have the minutes to showcase why you should win rookie of that's fair of the year? You know what I mean? Like, you have to have a platform. Bad teams are the ones that provide the platform. Okay, then let me ask you this. Do you think... this? Let's, let's call this the Ask Me Anything segment. Just Because <laughs> I remember you said you you had a lot of disagreements with a lot of the hot I did. I want to get into That's your... Right. I want to get into your tier Let's get into conversation. it. Let's, let's, we'll get there. We have... Okay. But I want to ask you first. Do you think... Like, season MVP. Like, mm-hmm. MVP. Do you think it should only be awarded to teams that finish in a certain seed, like a certain season rank? MVP? Yeah, because before Westbrook won, when the rap, when the sorry, the Thunder were, I think it was a five seed when he averaged a triple double. Before that, every single MVP in the last thirty years has been a top four seed. Has been a top two seed. Been a top two seed, except for one year where it was Michael Jordan and the Bulls were the three seed. Every other year, it has been a one or two seed team that the player wins MVP, and I I totally think Westbrook deserved it just because I think it's I think it's hard not to give someone an MVP when they average a triple double. Oh. I understand there's a lot of talk about him stat padding, um, but yeah, I... Westbrook aside, do you think you have to finish a certain seed to be? I don't want to say to be eligible. Like I think anyone should be eligible, but do you think? Do you think it's right I'll that say, only like a top two seed I'll team will win MVP? I'll say this: win share has definitely has to be taken into consideration. Another thing that I would also consider, which people don't, is where the team was before you got there. So the year Dwayne Wade got a scoring title. It was 08. He averaged, I remember because I'm a big numbers. He averaged 30.2 points per game. Okay. And the Heat were the Heat were the fifth seed in 08. And they faced the Hawks. I thought, not because maybe I'm sure someone could argue that's partly Wade biased, but I watched every Miami Heat game. Like I watched every like classic Dwayne Wade performance that year. Yeah. There was no one like he's six four averaging over a block a game. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. That doesn't that's that's Michael Jordan stuff. You know what I'm saying? So when I see that and I, I saw you see where the team was before he got there, I feel like people overlooked that. And he was a fifth seed. Like Westbrook was the fifth seed uh 
when he won the MVP. But Wade wasn't stat padding. Wade wasn't stat padding. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But, but he also wasn't averaging a triple-double. He wasn't averaging a triple-double. But when you look at Westbrook averaging a triple-double, when you see him going for rebounds, you see Steven Adams running away from the ball like he's allergic from it. So sure. Westbrook could get the ball. That doesn't happen for Wade. But with that argument, I feel like if you took Westbrook away from that team, they would be nothing. Absolutely they would, nothing. They mean, I mean, they. You could say they would be nothing, but then you see a guy like Oladipo leave, and now he's Beyonce. Sure. Right. So I feel like I said this before. I said, as good as Westbrook is, I feel like his talent is a gift and a curse. Right. As much as he'll get a triple double, he'll get an assist. Westbrook will break an offensive flow to get an assist. Not because he wants to get his numbers, but I feel like that's just how like, his mind works. Oh, I've, I've He said doesn't that, play in the flow. I've said that, I'm, like, I've told my friends this a million times. Like, I love Westbrook, and if I had, if I had, like, people always try to compare Westbrook and Steph Curry. If I had a championship team and I needed a point guard, I would pick Steph Curry. Yeah, if so I, no I would brainer. take him over Westbrook. So no brainer. If I had a team full of bums, mm-hmm. I would take Westbrook. To take them to somewhere. To take them somewhere. Sure. Because sure. I, I think Westbrook could take a team of nobodies further than Curry can. But I would much rather have Curry on a championship team because he would know how to lead. Not even lead that. Well, like lead to a certain extent, but not even just lead. Just understand his role and play within his role much better than Westbrook can. Yeah. Mind you. We have this thing on this podcast called cancel list. So basically cancel list is anybody that you've like the title says canceled like you're done with or anybody that's pending cancellation. Like you have to see something out of them this season or else like you're writing them off. Okay, someone So Westbrook is on my cancel list. Really? Okay, he's not on my cancel. James Harden is on my cancel list. Anthony Davis is I have a, I have a, a lot of high caliber players on my cancel. Okay, list. okay. So if you don't see something out of those people, out of those players this season, then what? They're done? Like I'm, I'm done with you. What does that mean? Like, I will no longer champion you. So, okay, so uh, let's go into Anthony Davis. Yeah. So if Anthony Davis doesn't do what? Is it playoffs? That's what you want to see? The bare minimum. No, no, I, but I mean, like, is it his performance in the playoffs that you need to see change? Or, like... If he wins an MVP, back up the talk. So if you say you feel like you're the best player in the world, where every athlete should feel that way, you need a season award. You need you need to get some plaques. Get but some you plaques. don't think him having, say he averages thirty this year, yeah. which I I'm not sure what he's averaging, but I feel like it'd be I close. To I feel that. like it's like 27, 28, and like thirties. So let's say he yeah, yeah. let's say he averages somewhere around thirty, but he doesn't win MVP. Doesn't doesn't matter. I would need to see the comp. I need to see how how the story of the Pelicans played out, and not just him. I need to see like how. You know what I mean? Okay, and then playoff wise, what would you want to see out of him? At least a at least a first round. Yeah. Win? And you're that good, yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay. I'm riding you off if you don't. I'm sorry. See, I don't really have anyone like that. Like. Someone that has been on my cancel list for like four years now has been Carmelo Anthony. He is by far. The world canceled him though. He is by, but even like before, like even when he was in New York, 
Okay, why 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 is he on your cast list? I got I gotta figure. I gotta know why. I don't I don't like him because you don't like him like as a person. Both. Whoa. Okay. He, he can't. He can score the ball. Yeah. I'm not arguing. Hundred percent. One of the greatest. One of the greatest scorers ever do it. But he doesn't. He doesn't play on a team. He plays by himself. Like I watch him play, and he doesn't. He doesn't understand his role. And then like he's playing on the Thunder, and just it just looks like he just catch the like I didn't watch a ton of Thunder games, so it just looks like he'd catch the ball and shoot, catch the ball and shoot. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do anything else. Then he signs with Houston, and all this stuff comes up. I'm not gonna or if I'm not like I need to start. I'm not a bench player, but I'm like man, play your role. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. you had your time. Yeah, like you had your time. You need to evolve your game if you want to stay relevant and stay valuable in this league all like he can definitely score the ball but on a on a playoff team i think he plays he would play absolutely no role like if you like i don't think he would do anything i don't think he would help a team in the playoffs i think you would i think at like at best in his best form right now all he could be is a spark off the bench yeah 100 percent but I don't even think I would, but I wouldn't even like trust him as a spark off the bench. Cause I feel like a lot of the times if his shot's not hitting, he's just going to keep shooting and he's not going to try and change anything. To that point with Melo, the successful Carmelo Anthony teams were built off of teams that like any other great team really, but for him specifically, he was, his teams were built off of players that could hide his defensive flaws. Where he only had, like, people throw the word savant around. He's an offensive savant. He's a, quote, you call him a genius when it comes to putting the ball in the basket. Right? But you have to let him do it. You have to let him freestyle. I called him a few episodes. I said he's a street baller. Yeah. He's a street baller. He's a triple threat, and he's only using two of the threats. He's either going to shoot it or he's going to drive. He's only going to pass it if he's like quadruple team. But that that's the problem. Mm-hmm. If he's in, like, sure, you can consider him an offensive savant, mm-hmm. but that's 100%. not going to do anything in the NBA. If you put him in the role, though, if you put him in the role, if you put him, if you put him around other people that are going to, that are going to hide his defensive efficiency, like he was on the Rockets and the whole team didn't play defense. So then, so the bulk falls on him. So then I, so give me an example of a situation where that would work. Where it would work today or where it's worked in the past for him? Where it worked today. No, I, like, I don't argue. He, There were times when he did well um, with his team. But I'm saying, like, today, where that give would... me an example of where he would genuinely be valuable to a team other than, like, being able to drop 20 points on with for, like, the Phoenix Suns or something. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you this. Melo, on a good team, Melo needs... Because like you said, the most you can see him for a championship team and in even a role you don't trust him in is being a spark off the bench. I'll say this, Melo needs specialty lineups to be successful. To be successful, to be efficient. And when I say that, I mean you have to... Like a specialty lineup. Like say, for example, let's use Golden State as the guinea pig for this example and say he goes to Golden State, right? And he rides the wave to get a ring. He needs to have a specialty lineup of himself Jamon Green um Clay Thompson like the other like the other defensive specialists and um isolate him with the ball because he's not a catch and shoot player but that that's my problem Mm. that doesn't sound worth it 
Is it really? It worth doesn't. It's not worth it today. It's, it's not worth, not it, worth today. it. 100% it's, not. For, especially for him. Like, sure, he's a offensive savant, but he's not one right now. I don't like not, his shot selection right now. Not today, but I haven't liked yeah. his shot selection the last couple of years. Yeah, and it's especially because my cousin Trey put me on. He's not a catch and shoot player because he he has to shoot with rhythm. If you ever son, he takes like a hundred jab steps. If he, it's not even his justice. If you look at like his highlights in Denver or, or New York, or early like, you know, before they started changing stuff, in uh, in OKC, when he would pull up for a three, he would hesitate. He had to get into a rhythm. Yeah. Like he plays street ball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, no, it's definitely not tailor made for. Uh, the way the game is today and especially also to your point is say even if he does end up on a specialty lineup on a great team like Golden State the the pace that Carmelo needs to be successful isn't sufficient to win a basketball game because other because that other team's gonna run you out the building exactly three is worth more than three is worth more than two at the end of the day so yeah you're right I think just like he's on everyone's count my initial like just the main point is Carmelo Anthony's not valuable. Carmelo Anthony doesn't want to be anything except a primary scorer. I don't think he'd be happy being a secondary scorer or tertiary scorer. I feel like he wants to be that guy, and he just can't be that guy anymore, so he needs to get out of the league, in my opinion. That's what Kobe said. Kobe said, yo, if you ever catch me out here averaging 17 points per game, I'm out of here. That's the thing. And he did it. He was like, yo, I'm out. <laughs> exactly. You and know, I don't so. know why Mel, like, I feel like Melo's made his money. Yeah, no, no, he's def he's always good with his money. I think he should just go. And he well, he signed with Jordan, right? Yeah, he's with Jordan Brand. He should just go to Puerto Rico or or China. And That's make what it, I'm saying. He, make he the, could cook. He could cook in China. 100%. He could be probably decently valuable in in the Euro League. Yeah, yeah, no, he's Why a big not? ticket. He's a big ticket. He's a. Big and they probably ticket. love him in China. Hundred percent. 100%, 100%. So, I mean, China has what guys like Kenyon Martin played in China. Kenyon Martin, Stephon um, Marbury. I think Nate spent some time. Nate Robinson. Nate, I think he Nate spent did. some time in there. Sonny Weems. Sonny Weems. Uh, uh, Michael Beasley did. Uh, a lot of people did. I mean, go for it. The NBA is not for you anymore. You had your time. You won the scoring championships. One, I think. One scoring champion. Yeah. All NBA third team. All NBA third team. It's his accolades outside of like being a perennial All Star. They're not impressive. Not no. impressive. But he'll be he'll be a Hall of Famer. But but I put him in the same category as Chris Paul though. But you're not a fan of Chris Paul. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Chris Paul, but like Melo gets a lot of hate. I want to know where the hate is. I feel like if people hate on Melo the way they do, I don't understand where it is for Chris Paul, the alleged incredible leader, if they've been to the same place. They've both been to a conference final. I think I think Chris Paul's better. I think Chris Paul would. Let's talk accomplishments, though. Though accomplishments? No, you're. That's that's my point. Yeah, no, no, you're spot on. It's it's the same thing, but that's my point. I think you can't count on either of them. You cannot count on either. I think overall, Chris Paul's higher on the all-time point guard list than Carmelo Anthony is on the all-time small forward list. Yeah, because Carmelo's only numbers toward that would be like scoring, where whereas Chris Paul has the steals and assists, right? Exactly. That's fair. But in terms of accomplishments, no one's are no no one could no one's gonna formulate a formidable argument against me that says, yo, he has a more accomplished career than yeah. Carmelo Anthony because he doesn't. And he I think doesn't. I think it's crazy it's crazy to say, but there are like 
multiple small forwards in the league right now that are better than Carmelo Anthony has ever been. Okay, okay, that is that is a I think that's a, no, that's a hot take. Tell me. Okay, tell me LeBron, wrong. LeBron is better than Carmelo Anthony has ever been. Okay, okay but that's yeah, okay, he, okay. he was always better. Kevin than Durant, hundred percent. Okay. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo right now is better than Carmelo ever was. No. You don't think so? Can't shoot. Can't shoot, but I... Can't shoot. But I think... I see why you would say that, though. But you... There's there's situations... Obviously, because Giannis is a, a capable defender. But there's situations on offense where he's... You could play a particular way to 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 relinquish his effectiveness on offense. Sure. Prime Carmel Anthony can't do that. Okay, what about his then? his his offense out his off at Carmel at his prime, at his peak, his offensive capabilities, I feel like they incredibly outweigh his defensive efficiencies, depending on who's around him, like I said. But don't you think the fact that Giannis can play both sides of the floor. No, sure. It's a, it's a, it's a telltale sign that okay, if if he keeps on this trajectory and he gets a decent outside shot, sure, okay, sure. And then right Kawhi now, Leonard, not maybe not this season right now, which he's not having a bad season, but just the the player that we know Kawhi Leonard is mm-hmm. is better than Carmelo Anthony. That's a, that that better than Carmelo Anthony's ever been. Yes, I don't think that's a hot take. Exactly. I'm not mad at that. So that's what I'm saying. But but mind you, I, I the way you said it first is like you. I thought you're gonna name name. I don't mean like ten players. Name like John Doe's out here. That no, no 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 no. I hear you. But like like listen, you name franchise players, so I don't think that's a. Yeah, but just the fact that all of them are better than Carmelo Anthony at his best. See, at the same time, like like I said before, I I hadn't I only started watching basketball maybe like eight nine years ago, mm-hmm. so. Me talking about Melo in his prime is only what I've seen online, which I've obviously I've done a lot of like research. That's right. no, you do, you but do I still things. genuinely haven't. We both miss Jordan, but we still have yeah, to, you know. So exactly. That's fair. I understand. Exactly. That. I understand. That. So I don't I don't know a lot about Melo in his Denver days. I know a bit, mm-hmm. but just from what I've seen, just looking at stats and stuff, I feel like. It's not as good. The, 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 summary, the summary of Melo in his prime is Melo on the block, unstoppable. Prime, unstoppable. Bully, unstoppable. Uh, one of the better, one of the best uh, one-on-one basketball players that, that I'll ever breathe. Great. That's, well, a, that's the summary. But like, great your, Olympic athlete. To your, to your incredible Olympic athlete. But like, to people's point is it's one side of the ball. Right, so. Exactly. I understand why he's on your cast list. Who else is on your cast list? Um, we went through Anthony Davis for me. We did Carmelo for you. James Harden's on mine as well. He burns out every year. That's tough. Um, I don't know if I'd say cancel list, but I want to see where the Blazers go. I want to see where Damian, like what Damian Lillard, is going to do. And I know it's tough to say because he's pending my cancel list too. They don't have the best. They don't have like a phenomenal roster or anything, mm-hmm. and they're in a tough Western Conference. But I feel like. Definitely not him at his best, but his, like, peak was when he hit that game winner against Houston, and I think that was his rookie year in the playoffs. No, sophomore, sophomore. Sophomore year. Yeah, like a sophomore. I think, that was, I think that was his 
that's his highlight of his career right now. And it's been a few years since then. That was back when the team was... Many moons. That was back when the team was Damian Lillard, Wesley Matthews, Nick Batum, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Robin Lopez. That's when it was... That's when Brandon Roy was still in and out, in and out of the in and out of the league with injuries. Yeah. That was when Dwight Howard played for the Rockets. Many moons. That was when it... That's when Chandler Parsons was relevant. That's when Jeremy Lin was a dying superstar. Not dying as in health, but like the star. His star was dying. Exactly. It's a good time. So it's, uh, that's my point. It's been a while since I've mm-hmm. seen something from Lillard that's memorable. Um, okay. No, he's on my cancel list just because he 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 whines a lot for All Star selections. Exactly. I can't read that. What I will say though is, Portland's one of my favorite teams to use in 2K. Love using Lillard. And fun team. Fun team. Lillard and McCollum are really fun to use. Fun team. Nurkic is a solid center. In 2K. Or just like. I don't really like, use him in 2K. Okay. I, I just when I'm playing Portland, I just. Take screens and shoot with Lillard and McCollum. My thing with Damian Lillard, not just because he's on my cancel list, I just think he he needs to improve his peripheral. There's a lot of times where he has he passes up on great opportunities for other people mm. to, for example, take a game-winning shot. And yes, you want you know you want your best player to take the the last shot, especially when he's at his best. He's a like he's a sniper. He could snipe, but you know when you have Nick Stauskas in the corner and you want to drive I think it was one of the first games of the, of the season where he drove to the rim and he shot over three Wizards for the game winner and he had Nick Stauskas no, no, not Nick Stauskas yeah Nick Stauskas right wide open in the corner I'm like yo dude the, mm. the kid the sniper is right there There's yeah no pressure on him. stuff like that just improve your vision dude just and then you, you won't be on the cast list no more I think one more player I don't I, I don't know if I want to see he's on my cast list because he's only like what, 25 games in after a really serious injury but it's more of a question like do you think Gordon Hayward is ever going to be oh, yes, is ever going to go back to being like an an all-star like do you think we'll ever see Utah Jazz Gordon Hayward again it's hard to say yo because he only did a, he was only all-star one time yeah it's, it's, it's hard to say out of sight out of mind I know he's like a he's a good scorer and he's, you know, he strikes me as a, you know, consummate professional. He's a very professional basketball player, uh, very coachable. Um, he's just not, he doesn't, he doesn't have a, his resume as an all-star, as a premier player in this league isn't deep enough for me to like, be like, okay, you need to do this for me to, to categorize you as that guy again, mm-hmm. you know, so based off his playing style doesn't look that far off he just looks like many steps behind he looks scared to me like i just don't see the i think i just when i was watching him in boston i just didn't see the patience right after he missed a shot he would always get super agitated which is understandable because he missed so much time but it's yeah. just like you know just gotta slow down let the game come to you so nah we had this segment called last episode called give the money back and we're just talking about all the players with Stupid contracts. I needed to like give some of that money back. <laughs> and one oh, of the, one, one, of the name, one of the names that came up was Gordon Hayward, and I was like, eh, maybe me. <laughs> there's there's a lot. Yeah, I think I think John Wall. John Wall was the first name. Massive contract. Give the money back. Shout um, out to Richie. Shout out to Richie. Joe Kim Noah. He's on a huge con- or I think he got bought. He was. Out. He he deserved it though. At the time, because you're the defensive player of the year. That's what got him. That's what got him the contract. Sure. And I think he got a gold medal. 
if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I might be spitballing and stuff, but um, Timothy Mozgov is making like 16 a year. Oh, blame blame uh, Rapalinka. No, no, bus. Oh, blame was Jim. it? Blame Jim for that. It was Jim at the time. Blame that. Blame Jim. Blame Jim for Luol Dang. Blame Jim for a lot of stuff, bro. I feel like there's a really bad contract that I'm forgetting. Well, Chandler Parsons. I'm not sure if he's still on that one. Uh, Kyle Lowry's is pretty bad. 30 mil? Yeah. It's pretty bad. I have I have a... It, I don't know if you're going to consider it a hot take. If I'm the Wizards right now... Yeah. And I could trade John Wall... And get literally, literally nothing in return. I wouldn't. Do it. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta hear me out. The Wizards stink right now. We can agree on that, right? Shout out to Kyoyo, the state of Wash. What's up? The Wizards stink. Yeah, they suck. With or without John Wall, they're gonna stink. Yeah. Chances are, unless you find some way to swindle a team into taking John Wall, no one's taking that massive contract. I think in the last year of his contract, he's taking 47 million? Something crazy. 47, and if he gets traded as a 15% trade kicker. So he's making over 50 M's if he gets traded. Exactly. Gnarly. So chances are you're not getting anything for him. Mm -hmm. If you just like if you were just able to magically drop him from your books trade him for absolutely nothing you're opening up a ton of cap space a ton of cap space <laughs> and you just have the opportunity to rebuild you're gonna lose just as many games if not more without john wall so now you're kind of getting into the lottery yeah you still have bradley beal who i think is one of the only valuable assets they have he's not on a terrible contract He's a great... He's. I really like him as a player. Nick, he's on your fantasy team. He's on one of my fantasy teams. <laughs> but I, I just... I, I genuinely like him. Like, I, I would have liked John Wall on my fantasy team, too. He gets a lot of assists. Yeah, he gets Beal, blocks. Yeah, Beal's a good guy. He seems like a pretty cool guy. But if you trade him, at least you can start over. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. do you have... Like, right now, you have a bad team with absolutely zero flexibility. So you can't do anything. So you're saying... Dump him for nothing because no one would want to take him in the first place. Yeah, no, yeah, obviously, if you can trade him for something because of his contract, though, yeah, because of his contract, not because of who he he, like. That's the thing. I'm not in no way am I saying John Wall is a bad player, he's an all star caliber player, he's a great point guard. Yeah, no, 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 no. but it's just the contract he's on and the way the team is performing, something needs to be done. So, if I could trade him for nothing. You go from having from being a bad team with no flexibility and then John Wall in a bad contract to a bad team now with some cap space to move around. And now you can start kind of work, working on the rebuild. And then you have Bradley Beal who you can move for picks, whatever assets you want. Mm-hmm. And then basically start fresh. I mean, you still have Otto Porter on the books who, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't have the best contract either. But it's a lot better than having John Wall. Autoport is the highest paid player on the team. Is he? Right now. Because John Wall's contract didn't Contract goes uh, goes up. That's nuts, bro. And that's the thing. Autoporter is not a bad player either. That bad. I was kind of... Ex- I honestly expected him to kind of take strides forward. I know he's a great three-point shooter. But 
I was expecting the kind of take strides forward. So that's what I mean. Just Washington's not in a good state right now. He's supposed to be like he looks like like Lamar Odom with with a with a really good three point shot, like that Swiss Army knife type. Yeah, Lamar Odom was a great player. Yeah, hundred percent. Solid. Yeah. Before everything happened, but yeah. So get into other stuff. The the stuff that uh you had uh some discrepancies with during your little your, your listening experience. Yeah. Fire them off. Okay. I'll probably um, I'll probably break this down in two episodes probably. There was one thing you okay I don't remember what you said. You guys said something about LeBron. Perfect. Paraphrase. Go ahead. You can paraphrase. I, I honestly don't remember I just remember listening to something it was on this it was on episode 6 and you guys said something about LeBron and I don't remember what it was but it irritated me okay I don't remember what it was so we'll move into the tears <laughs> it irritated you that much as I have to forget this <laughs> the tears I understand where you're coming from I understand why you want it mm-hmm. because super teams a lot of people would argue are ruining the NBA. They're ruining the competition. They're great for business. Fair. They're incredible for business. Continue. My issue is, I think there are way too many cons to the tier idea that it just completely outweighs the pros. I would like to hear these cons. Okay. The first con. You are essentially... If you take a team like Golden State before they signed Kevin Durant, for the most part, aside from KD and aside from picking up Iguodala, they built through the draft. So they drafted Steph Curry, they drafted Klay Thompson, they drafted Draymond Green. So they built that team. Mm -hmm. So you, with your rules in place, you would not be able to sign Kevin Durant because, like, essentially you're penalizing them for being successful in their draft you know what i mean continue i mean i'm listening so if you say on that team steph curry's the only tier one player yeah then i guess it would be okay for them to 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 pick up kevin durant but what you're saying wait wait say that one more time steph being so you said what you could have one tier one player on your team or two i think i said i'm pretty sure i said I said you can't have more than two tier one players. Okay, so Pretty let's sure say let's say for example we said Clay was a tier one as well. Okay. Then basically you're penalizing the Warriors for being successful, for doing a good job and building their team. You're saying that they can't sign a star like Kevin Durant because they did a good job. Yeah, it sounds like that. Yeah. I don't I don't like that because. Now you're putting teams who are doing good at a disadvantage because they're doing good. But how many times are we going to see a situation like that, though? I don't know, but... That's an anomaly. What Golden State did is an anomaly. That's what I'm saying. I think I said... I'm pretty sure I said that I'll give Kevin Durant a write-off because a team has never been built like that that quickly. Okay. Like, that's... It's an anomaly. That's the that was a flash in the pan type of, and the way the 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 cap uh, the cap uh, rose that year because uh, the NBA got the ten billion dollar TV deal. That's the only way. That's the only reason they were even able to sign him because they had the extra pocket of cash. All right, let me move into my second reason. Go ahead, go ahead. I think it is far too complicated 
to place players into tiers. Because some players, a la Draymond Green, Mm -hmm. are much more valuable than their stats, uh, than than the story that the the stats tell. No, he's an eye test player. He's an eye test player. And that's the thing. I think it would be way too difficult to say this player's tier one, this player's tier two, or to compare a point guard to a center, or Draymond Green, who is a phenomenal defensive player like like you said Steph Curry would be the only tier one player on that team mm-hmm. aside from Kevin Durant but I think a lot of people would argue well Draymond is a top three defensive player in the league so why isn't he a tier one or what determines tier one from tier two I think there's too much of a gray area to do that and my final point mm-hmm. which kind of piggybacks on the on the second point is that I'm loving Like, this. what if a player starts the season poorly and then finishes the season really well? Do you change their tier mid-season? Or at the end of every season, you have to change tiers? Like, okay. like say, like, example, like, open the season and Derek, Ro- Derek Rose is a tier four player because he's not playing, say, tier three. Okay. But now he's averaging 20 a game or whatever. So does that mean now that he's averaging that amount of points, he can't be traded to this team? Or is it because he started off the season poorly that he's eligible to be traded to that team? I think, obviously there's answers to those questions, but I feel that there's just too too much complications for that idea to, to work. That's fair. I think the only thing there I can readily tackle that I've spoke about before on the podcast was the third one where you're like, well, no, I think it was the second point where you're like, well, how do you classify these tiers? To answer that, I would say, well, my tier system is predicated on all-star appearances. So I said I would classify tier one as... Um, Tier one would be if you're a perennial all-star starter. Tier one, perennial. Not just one time, like you gotta prove it. So Gordon Hayward wouldn't be the one time. Maybe you didn't start either, but you know what I'm trying to say. So tier one would be perennial all-star starter. The fans, the fans want you in the game. Sure. Two tier, perennial all-star reserve. Sure. That's my tier two. Anybody outside? Tier three. Not anybody. Not anybody outside. But like, for example, like uh, uh, you look at a player like um, like last year was a pretty good like rookie class. So we classify um, a player like Donovan Mitchell as a tier three, or a uh, uh, Ben Simmons. I don't want to say Ben Simmons is tier three. Ben Simmons is a tier three. Um, a player like uh, Chris Middleton, a tier three. Draymond, tier two. Here, here's my issue with that. Go ahead. There's still complications with that because you're saying one tier is based off of all-star reserves. Mm-hmm. But that's just based on the coaches voting. So now the coaches voting determines what tier the player is. because mm-hmm. then. But then you look at... It's unfair because if there's a, a conference that has much like the West, is w- way more All Stars than the East, mm-hmm. so there's gonna be snubs. So does that mean since Damian Lillard is not voted in that he's not a tier two player? Because I would say Damian Lillard is a tier two player 100%. If we're doing a tier system, he would probably be tier two for me. 
So does that mean since he's not an all-star, he's that's tier a, three? No, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. I didn't take into account the the depth of talent in the West. And but. then and then that's the issue with that because say you may say you're like, okay, then we make an exception for Damian Lillard. Well then where's the line drawn? Right. Who do you make an exception for or do you not make an exception for? And then I feel like the players would get angry about that. Why am I tier two? Why am I tier three? Oh, you know what I, I, mean? oh I have no I have no feelings toward the players for But I think it would just be Y'all's an additional an additional dribble. issue that would have to be no, handled. That's fair. No, that's fair. No, so to counter that I'd say, well, we kinda technically already do have a tier system in place. If you look at con- so. contracts. Sure. Right, so your supermax players are essentially your superstars, or people that are eligible for supermax players are they're your superstars. Only one that wouldn't be one is probably Demarcus Cousins, because. But uh, the thing is, players are able to take a cut. I hear that, but the but the thing I'm the thing I'm signaling out is the is the eligibility. If you're not eligible at all, you don't you're not in the tier. That's my thing. Right, so if you're eligible for a supermax, like, like uh, Westbrook to the supermax two years ago, I think it was like 215 mil or something, something like that, gnarly like, like that. Yeah, yeah, supermax eligible. Anthony Davis, supermax, biggest contract ever, at at his time. You know what I'm saying? Eligible. I see where you're coming from. Eligibility and and all the All Star game itself is is a display of tears. You weren't a starter, but you came off the bench. You weren't good enough to start, which is why you're coming off the bench. Kemba Walker isn't as good as Kyrie Irving as to why he's not starting. And the, yeah, essentially. See, but I just, I still think there's too many complications. Because then, for example, um, I see, to be honest, the only complication I see is these players can play in for sure. John Wall is definitely shouting on Twitter, but yo, why, why not? Okay, so then answer this question. So, yeah. Steph Curry, tier one player, 100%. Yeah. He gets injured at the beginning of the season, doesn't play enough games to be voted as an all star. Then what happens? No, he'll get voted in. Fans will always vote him in. That's no, no, but he hasn't played enough games to be eligible to play in the all star game. Still, there's still a certain amount of games you have to play for 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 that for that Matt is it a career-ending injury or is it no no injury? no like he just, he's, he's just, pending to return he's he pending just, to return but he didn't play enough games in the first half of the season to be eligible to play in the all-star game he would I'd say I wouldn't count that against him because if we know he was if he was if he, it's like if he was healthy he would be it's not like he wasn't good enough it's just like he, he yeah but how, how do you base that what do you mean he would be like how do you count that you're well, just assuming that he would have gotten voted in. Oh, I, in what case wouldn't he get voted in? That's that's what I'm saying. It's different. No, no, I totally un- I understand that he right, would right. get voted in, but I'm saying that's what I'm so. What, you're just you're just gonna say based on the assumption that he would have gotten in. Like, how do you how do you just like? I don't think it's fair to make that assumption, even though it's 100 percent justified. 100 <laughs> percent justified. Based, based, based off of previous seasons, well, Steph Curry's always led the. He's always led the. Uh, Led the led the conference in, in votes, right? Okay, so then take the same scenario, but do it for like a reserve. Kemba Walker doesn't play enough games. Doesn't doesn't play, or take the Jimmy Butler situation. Say he gets traded maybe like a month and a half later than he did, and he hasn't played enough games to go to the other conference. Then he wouldn't be able to get voted on the West because he doesn't play for them anymore. He wouldn't be able to get voted in for the East because he doesn't play enough games. 
so how do you tear I think, him? I think the tackle that we actually had to firm up how that plays out though like I don't know any other situation where that's, where that's played out we have to firm up like the, those rules for me to tackle that I can't provide an informed but you see where I'm coming from I see where you're there's coming a from. lot it's of, messy it's messy it's very messy it's, it's, it's messy my overall my overall point is I think it's I think it's too messy to like I definitely see the benefit I, but I think the mess outweighs the I, potential benefit I, of I, having tears I think you fret on like the politics of it which I understand my whole thing is to is to my whole thing is remedying the competition for sure so if we both acknowledge the mess and there's there's listen no no policy is going to ever going to be perfect or work for everybody someone's going to have a discrepancy someone's going to want to downvote something but so my counter question for you would be well how do you remedy the competition gap in the nba that that's what i was just about to say how do you do it i was just about to say I totally love where you're coming from in the sense that you want to add competition, you want to bring back competition, mm-hmm. and I think something has to be done 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, I think there could be a better way of handling it, mm-hmm. but I don't know what that is. I, I could not, I have no idea because, like, the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, like, forcing players to make a certain amount of money so that they can't take pay cuts. But explain that. Explain that to the listeners. I don't understand. So, that. for example, say LeBron wants to take a huge pay cut so that he can play with, I don't know, CP3 or something. CP3 and and Wade. Okay. Oh, I I think he okay. should like if he wants to take a huge pay cut so that the team can afford to pay for all those guys. I think, like in my head, the idea would be that he LeBron would have to be paid a certain amount of money so that he's unable to take. A massive pay cut. Why? Okay. What is that certain amount of money? That's that's the thing. I don't. I'm just. It's just the first thing that came to my mind. I hear that, but here's the mess though. It doesn't sound that much different from my tears. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Because if you say, okay, he should make a certain amount of money so that doesn't happen, you could be like, okay, what's a certain amount of money for him versus a certain amount of money for Jimmy? One hundred percent. I totally. It's it's messy. It's very similar to the tears system. That's why I don't think it would work. It definitely wouldn't work either. I like it though. It's the first thing that came to my mind. I like. I like that though. But it's too trivial. It wouldn't work. In, in the MB, I don't think it would work. I think the only thing, I think the only thing causing an uproar would be like players' Twitter fingers. To be honest, I feel like that's only. <laughs> I think something that I don't think it would completely solve the issue, but I think it would definitely help it. And it's actually something they do in the NHL is have like the NBA has a soft cap. Mm-hmm. Have just a hard cap. Like you can't go the no luxury. There's no luxury tax. Like you can only spend this much money mm. but then oh, oh listen it would be a lot more players moving around it would be it would be messy but i think it would be the oh, easiest man. way you know bro i feel there are, there'll be a lot more people dipping in china because you know what it would For be sure. if it went from how it is now to what your proposal like a completely hard cap players would be like yo i went from making this amount of money to this yo Yo, yo, China, like, uh. yeah, but I think the like, I think it would still be a very high cap. I just don't think it would be enough to pay for like Kevin Durant, Kevin Steph, Durant, Steph Curry, Steph. Draymond, Clay, <laughs> and to, to to the point with that, like, remember people? I guess we could call it a classic game uh, a week and a half or two weeks ago when Golden State came in 
Yep. And it was KD versus people call it. People are talking about like it's a classic game. Yeah, I was there. I'm not. Were you? Were you there? I didn't work that game. Yeah, I went. I snuck in in the fourth quarter. Watched the second half of the fourth quarter in overtime. So the way that game played out, the pieces that were available on the floor, I said that's the way it's supposed to be. What the Raptors? Both sides. Tier one, tier two, versus tier one, tier two. But Steph Curry wasn't there. Steph Curry wasn't there. But I'm saying, like, Kevin Durant, tier one, Clay tier two, versus Kawhi, tier one, versus, you could argue whether, you know, people say only uh, Kyle Lowry is an all-star because he's here. But I'm saying, like, the talent, the talent, the level of talent on both sides, they created the competition. They created a, a balance. It was entertaining. It was a classic game, even though those names you said that 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 were that were absent. That's the way it should be. I, <laughs> I just think it's too complicated. No, it's definitely messy. No, you definitely pointed out some flaws. I definitely have to. Okay, then let me ask you this. So, sure. you said like, so hypothetically, there would only realistically be like maybe like ten tier one players if it's only all star or starting players, right? Yeah. Hypothetically. Mm-hmm. So. Say a team who doesn't have a tier one player, would they just be able to stack up on tier two players? Um, in theory, yes. When considering like salaries and what you'd actually have to, and what these actual players like deserve, no. Because that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. What if you want like if you have Kemba Walker, um, say Al Horford. Or even like Andre Drummond, because he's not a start. He's not a starter. Andre. Drummond. Andre Drummond. Oh yeah. Blake Griffin's not gonna be a starter. Like if you had a team like that, I mean oh, yeah. Blake and Andre already play on the same team, but then add like a Kemba Walker, and then you can even add I don't know, say like Tobias Harris, it's or not, something like that. It's not a super team. It's not a super team, but it's pretty stacked. It sounds like a sounds like a decent team. It sounds like a pretty good team. Uh, I feel like that's a super team. To be honest. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying, you saying though. I see yeah. what you're saying. Like the, in terms of like, depending on how you make up certain like tier two centered teams, some teams are gonna be way better than other teams. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like, uh, Jimmy Butler with uh, like I I you see what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. And I think that like, we were talking about who would start in the East. Like, say for example, Jimmy Butler starts. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be fair to put Jimmy Butler on the same level with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Jimmy Butler on the same level as Anthony Like Davis. on the same tier? I don't think that'd be fair. And LeBron I think James. they're miles apart. Yeah, no, Jimmy Butler's not tier one anyways. But I'm saying if he got selected as a starter in the East, then he would be. Gotta be perennial. Remember that. Perennial. Gotta do it again. So if he does it... So if you would do it again next year, then yeah. Or the year after that, like, you know, yeah, it'd be perennial. Can be a flash in the pan, All Star starter. You gotta, you know what I'm saying. I, this was this was a this was a great di- great way to dissect that. All I'm saying is it's complicated. I hope some sort of solution is found, but I think honestly, I think there's no perfect solution. I think it's just gonna stay the way it is for a while. My thing, well, my cousin Trey brought up, was it Trey or Trey or Jamal? One of my cousins. They brought up um, the they brought up the idea of like a fantasy draft. Elaborate. Like, like essentially wiping the league 
in an alternative universe, <laughs> we wipe it's like everyone's gone. We wipe the league. Ow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the wipe the league clean and like have everybody available on a draft board, and like have everybody draft. So you could have, in terms of like spreading out the wealth, that's that's what this would do. It spreads out the wealth. There's no concentration of. But then, how does money work? How would it how would it change? Like how do how do you determine the contract? Like I get the first pick, I sign LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. I have his rights. So if if LeBron and I can't can't agree on a contract, where do we go from there? If LeBron and you can't agree on a contract. It's like for example, yeah. like rookies, they have a certain amount of money. That is how much they get paid. That's rookie contract. Yeah. But yeah. if everyone's eligible, we're talking about a guy like LeBron James. How I do guess, we agree on their contract? There's, I feel like there's no way to get around this hurdle now without implementing at least a soft tier, a soft tier policy. <laughs> You're pushing this tier. A soft tier policy where, like, like you said, like, like the the first thing came in your brain where it's like, okay, to stop certain players from going to certain teams, you have to force players to make at least a certain amount of money, right? Yeah. So that's the only way I can see that hurdle getting. And then remedied. the second issue with that is like hypothetically would work at first mm -hmm. but then moving from there it would just go back to normal right players would get traded and people then would get signed players would get drafted he spiced it up he spiced it up he got real fantasy he said Jared Jamal one of them they said in like a conference battle in the playoffs if a team loses in the series they have to give like the like the winning team has has a right to one of their players. <laughs> like they gotta surrender, they gotta surrender a player. Okay, but then it's like it's like if you play a risk before. Yeah, it's like risk. No, no, no. I, Tell me that doesn't sound lit. It sounds lit, but the issue is, you're basically that just sounds like a super team heaven. The team that wins gets a player from the losing team. After and oh, let me finish now. Let me finish. I think he said. <laughs> That sounds horrible. It's like the Warriors beating the Rockets. They're like, all right, we're going to take James Harden. But, no, wait, hold on. I think he said, I'm pretty sure he either said after you win a series, you get the player, or after, or if you win a game, that person surrenders a player. So I guess we could think of it in like this different scenarios. Like, oh, if, 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 if we're the coach of two different teams, and my if you beat my team, I surrender my best player for one game, right? And if I beat you the next wait game, in a series like if we're, so we're playing in a yeah, series we're in a seven game you series. beat me in game one I have to sit someone in game two yeah or no you give them to me in game two you play for me okay yeah now that this is just complete, it got mad it got mad it's yeah but that's just complete but like, the point of it the point of it was to yeah I wish let me call no what Trey Trey probably sleeping right now I would call I would have a call in. No, I'm definitely. I definitely want to explain that that concept. But the point of it was to spread out the wealth of the talent and to make it less concentrated. It's yeah, not fun as hell. It just, yeah, it sounds fun, but it's fun it's also now. like literally fantasy. Yeah, 100. Yeah, but listen, man, there's gonna be a like, there's a there's a flaw in everything. Like people see a flaw, like I see a flaw in half the players. Like I said. When we when we're doing give the money back, I see a flaw in half of the salaries, more than half of the players. Ken Bazemore twenty mil, are you nuts? 
Well, but that's the thing. Sometimes smaller markets have to pay more money. But that's based. But that's based off that anomaly that happened with the explosion of the money, like the TV deal. And maybe we attribute that to Golden State. 73 win teams like the basketball has the most eyes on it that it's ever had so we're like, okay let's re-up 10 billy this time but like the access of change i get what like don't get me wrong like i understand why kent basemore gets 20 mil but still like kent basemore and 20 mil in the same sentence it still sounds still sounds nuts to me because 20 mil used to be a max yeah <laughs> 20 mil used to be a max I mean it blows my mind now when I see like I don't know like if you follow hockey at all but like top level like tier one players would are making like 7 million a year yeah. like I'll see players getting signed to like a 7 or 6 year no like 7 year 49 million dollar contract so like 7 million dollars a year mm-hmm. and people are like whoa that guy got paid mm. and I'm like bro if you're making 7 million in the NBA you're essentially a bench player yeah there's not a lot of yeah, a quality handsome. NBA players making 7 million a year unless they're on their rookie contract which is less than 7 million but yeah like the NBA is making money and it's just going up and up and up yeah Listen, man, I don't think there's going to be a time where it's going to... Because this brings me back to when I think about the quote that Greg Pop brought up a week and a half ago. Where he's like, yo, this, like I don't like the era of the three ball. It's not... It's no beauty in the game, right? But to the masses, it's the most entertaining... To the masses and to the young crowd, it's the most entertaining iteration of the sport. Yeah. So, do you ever see a, t- a point in time where the NBA tries to double down on it, like a like four-point four play, a f- like a, a five-point play, like a a five-point line? I sure hope not. Like, um, remember slam ball? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, does the NBA fall in love with the money so much where they they, they put a trampoline in the middle of it? See. They I don't want to. Do I don't want to say it'll never happen because I can definitely see it happening. The thing is, I think if you implement a four-point line, it just like the three-point line changed the game. Yeah, but a four-point line would completely change the game. Mm. Like four is worth more. You than would three. just take yeah, four is more than three, and it's way more than two. You would just literally just attempt fours all game. <laughs> and it sounds yeah. funny to say but literally like like we like how many how many times a day do we see like a video on bleach report of like someone shooting from half court and just sinking i saw a video today on bleach report jamal murray sinking like four half point uh half court shots in a row yeah. it's not impossible no it's not players like steph Curry. no one thought a player would ever like come come out like steph curry like shooting the lights out like now he's, he's now unreal he's, now he's the bar yeah exactly so I wouldn't be surprised to see a four-point um, line created or whatever you want to call it, but I mean it's it's definitely making money. Like it's a lot more entertaining seeing these hundred thirty to hundred twenty-eight point games than it is watching the eighty-five to eighty-three point games. For more entertaining to the masses. Yeah, to the masses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not genuine a NBA purist, fans who love purist, to watch. Yeah. 
good basketball because they would complain that there's not enough defense being played. Mm. But I mean, it's not like it's not just happening in basketball. Like football, some like the scores are like going through the roof in football because one because fans like to see offense they like to see touchdowns they like to see runs and two the nfl's cracking down so hard on the tackles. on tackling and like sacking a quarterback that it's like they're scared to do it so like it's so much easier for a quarterback to get a touchdown yeah i mean uh i kind of see i don't know the inception of more of this high scoring stuff with adam silver implementing the whole freedom of movement thing yeah bring back the handshake yeah bring it back cuz i don't know uh give me give me one more give me one more discrepancy you got before we roll out of here one more discrepancy with what like any other any other hot take or any other the butting the butting heads is fun i really enjoyed that I wish I remember what you guys said about LeBron. Oh no, I said that. I said that I would. Uh, I look at his resume funny. If he if you were to get two tier one players on his team, that's what I said. I said that. I said that vehemently. Vehemently. I that think was it was it was something else. Yeah, I was like, yo, look what you had to do to win. That's what I said. I said that. I said it with my chest. <laughs> I said that. I said I would look at him funny if you ever got Kawhi Leonard and Anthony oh, Davis to win a Oh, 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 I think that was it. Yeah. Why is that any different than KD going to the Warriors? It's not It's not any different. It's not. It's really okay. not. It's just in the situation that that he was allowed to do it. Like, that's that's what he was allowed to do at that time. But here's, no the, here's the issue. If LeBron loses... On a bad team, mm-hmm. people will say, "Oh, he can't carry. Like, he, he's not as good as Le- he's not as good as MJ. He, he didn't have those." And then if he goes with a good team and wins, like, "Oh, well, you needed all these players to win." So how, like, it's impossible. It is impossible for even LeBron James, in my opinion, the greatest player of all time. That's a whole completely different conversation. But it's impossible for someone like LeBron James to go and beat the Golden, Golden State Warriors by himself. You it think- is impossible. No, of course. Well, it's impossible for anyone to win by himself. So then, what what is he supposed to do if he so, goes no, with a I'm, good team? I'm then saying, I'm saying that my my point is not him getting players to play with. It's the caliber of players. It's 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 to my point where I, I want to implement the tier thing. That's stuff like that makes me want to implement the tier thing because you create another Golden State, it destroys the competition. But that's my point. But that's the issue. If mm. if he's okay, say he gets a bunch of mid-level players, he gets a bunch of like role players. It's not enough to be Golden State. Yeah. You're not going to be Golden State without All Stars. Yeah. And even then, you, like people talk about, oh, LeBron could go and get. They might get Kawhi in the off season. They might go get AD. Unless they get like Kawhi and AD, I don't think they have a shot. I don't think one of those two guys will make it. Will be the difference maker between them being Golden State and not. So you saying like they would need both. I think they would need LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. And I honestly don't even think it would be Kawhi Leonard. I think they would need, like, Anthony Davis and, I don't know, maybe Kawhi Leonard. Maybe. I think for, like, a, a, I feel like, like, for a LeBron James, like, team, I, I don't think you need two tier ones because of what LeBron predicates his stuff off outside of his scoring, his passing. So if he gets, like, a tier two, a couple tier twos, 
but like I don't but do you genuinely think a couple tier twos is enough to be Golden State? You need a you you need a tier one and a tier two. Okay, so say Anthony Davis and and then an all star. Clay. Oh, it's fine. And you put shooters. But see, no, it. okay, but this is the thing. Go ahead. Getting clay isn't just getting clay. Getting clay is getting clay and the Warriors losing clay. There's a big difference. Okay. So, so it's not it's it's no longer if you get like okay okay maybe okay maybe i hear you saying maybe i should rephrase it. maybe i say not clay but a clay okay so let's say a tier two player how about we say like a defensive minded cj mccollum that's an all-star though that's yeah. that's an actual tier two yeah so okay so say cj mccollum and anthony davis if he gets like a jimmy butler so Jimmy Butler and Anthony Davis, you yeah. think LeBron, Jimmy Butler, and Anthony Davis can beat the Warriors? With shooters around, oh, 100%. 100%. But, but what, you're argue, so what you're saying is, but you wouldn't like respect him if he won like that. That No, I'm saying that's better than you getting the... But there's a, to me, there's a big difference between Kawhi and Jimmy Butler. There's a big difference. But a, a difference to the point in where... You would be okay with him winning with AD and Jimmy yeah, Butler, you're, but you're, not okay with be, him winning with AD and Kawhi. Because I understand that you need an All Star, and especially the way I, you need an All Star to win, but you don't need you don't need all tier ones to win. Like you like spread the talent out. That's what I'm saying. I understand where you're coming from. I think yeah, yeah. it's not. Yeah, I it, hate I hate to see LeBron have to do this to win, but at the same time I totally understand it because he I doesn't get, have a choice. I never said I didn't understand it. So like I think we're on the same page and it's like yo, we hate to like yo, this is like this is what you have to amount to. Yeah. Like you have to you have to essentially you have to you have to mirror uh the friggin' competition busting strategy. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? You have to ruin the league more to win. Right? We all we all hate it. Not to say that I don't understand it, it's just that Okay, there's a way that you could do it that's not gonna make me think of your resume as so slimy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like I said, Kawhi Leonard is a is a is a different player than Jimmy Butler. Anthony Davis, sure, shooing. Get a tier two. Get some shooters around. Get some expiring contracts like you always do. That's, all, that's all I'm saying. All I'm gonna say is I am very I get very excited whenever I hear rumors about problems in the golden state warriors locker room <laughs> or like the idea that i think kevin durant is definitely going to leave after this season um i think clay thompson has a good chance of leaving after this season that kind of stuff makes me very happy okay. but even 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 just kd leaving kd leaving makes golden state yeah there's beatable. a ch- there's a chink in the armor now because yeah because jaymon apparently when he called uh durant a bitch he was like oh we was winning before you yeah, it was winning before you, but listen, they lost. <laughs> they were winning, but they lost. Draymond today, like he's different from Draymond back then. He's yeah. aged. Yeah. Injuries have happened. You know what I'm saying? More injuries have happened to Steph. Only one, pretty much, that's like freaking Iron Man on the team is Clay. Yeah, you feel me? I think Clay would fit in so well with the Lakers. It's LeBron. Because I think LeBron. Needs an all-star, but he needs an all-star that doesn't demand the ball. And Klay Thompson is the perfect player to put alongside LeBron because he will run all over the three-point line, defend on the other end. And when LeBron takes it to the basket and everyone collapses on him, Klay's right there to take the three, and it's almost always going to go in. And aging LeBron needs someone to guard the best player on the other team. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. 
that is i feel like i had something else i wanted to bring but yeah that's we pretty yeah we covered we covered lebron yeah i'm i'll check in the time and i'm like yeah. whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, might, I may or may not chop this into two episodes uh i might maybe drop, drop. when did we start like i don't even remember we started in the 11 o'clock hour no so, the 10 o'clock hour because you came yeah i yeah. feel like almost, we're almost coming on three hours it timer says yeah two about two hours and 31 minutes this is, see that's the, that's the fun part about this like you just yeah, kicking you just it. you just just kicking it so that's that's why i was really excited about starting this thing but um give me a review like your listening experience like before you go like mesh talk because you're you're in the the media space you're budding you're budding talent you listen to <laughs> it like how do you feel no I, I remember talking to you a little bit about this when we were at work uh, about a week ago but i listened to a couple episodes and i was just kind of um surprised at how kind of good the quality of the audio sounded and just how professional it sounded and not to Mm-hmm. put you down or anything mm-hmm. not to say that i was expecting it to be bad mm-hmm. but i wasn't expecting it to sound this professional yeah, for, amateur like, bar, for amateur podcast yeah like i'm like i'm a fan of quite a few like high top tier tier one podcasts <laughs> um and they sound really good and i'm and i'm listening to yours and i'm like it sounds a lot like those ones like yeah, the that, the audio like the the music underneath um yeah. all that kind of stuff like you can tell that you're putting the effort into it and that like mm-hmm. yeah you're just putting the effort into it like Thanks, you want bro. you want a good uh, product and that shows so i appreciate that man people have been bigging it up man uh Shout out to uh, Brandon, a big influence, because uh, he heard the first episode where I added the music bed under it. He was just like, yo, you need to send me this playlist right now. Cause, um, <laughs> like the study playlist. He's yeah. like, yeah, this is hard. Like, this is a great imp- implementation. So, and I think, like, my advice, you know, to anyone that would be like, want to start a podcast, I'd just be like, yo, just use what you got, but, you know, have intentions to invest in it again. For sure. No, it's definitely, I think especially in 2018 a lot of people are like we're um we're spoiled when it comes Mm. to like media and like good quality productions and stuff like that so young people now like the littlest things like even me the littlest things i'll hear something or like see something in a video and it'll kind of like irk me or be like oh that doesn't look as professional i'll click away yeah, or like yeah. i'll turn away or if i hear something i'm like ah, i don't really like that so i'm not gonna listen so like you have to make sure your stuff sounds good and sounds professional yeah. and the people will come shout outs to everybody that listened through the first couple episodes i understand there's a lot of like chippiness and a lot of latency because like i said my my laptop was on life support and i was, <laughs> I was using like audacity and it just wouldn't agree audacity's dope it just wouldn't agree with my computer so like the stars had to align for me to mic check i had to get i had to get a adobe audition i had to put my i had to put my computer in flight mode turn off all computer sounds like there was a lot like i had to manipulate and mod my mod software so the computer could take three usb mics i only had usb mics and i have slr mics and i have a mixer so Mm. so i'm it's dope that you came on you're the first to 
rap with me and experiment with the new equipment like we got the, the digital recorder we got like actual like xlr mics so i can monitor it real time like it's it's super dope i can control the gain like it's just super ill man so definitely anyone just start with what you got and just invest have intentions of investing it investing in material along the way and if you don't have the best audio to start out with like educate yourself on like audio software because i know you're very familiar with pro tools and stuff like that like yeah to spend way too much time on pro tools bright brighten the noise and things of that nature so you know the, th the thing about audio editing that it's a good and a bad thing is that you can always put in more time to make it sound like there's always little improvements always, you can make like always. i remember having projects um and working on them and like you can edit something in an hour and you can edit the same thing in like five hours mm -hmm. and it's all just about the little things like i'll inter i'll edit an interview and just i can edit it really quick mm -hmm. in like 15 20 minutes or i can edit it and take out every um and every stutter and try to clip things together to make it sound more smooth and stuff like yeah. that so it really there's always room for improvement with audio editing it's just how much time you want to put into it yeah for sure and sometimes you got to learn to stop yourself because you're like okay there's only like yeah i'm just i'm fixing stuff just for myself now yeah i think the big thing with this was like people won't hear there's no there's no delay uh recording to this thing now versus there's a delay in recording the audio like yeah. no one's gonna hear echo no chippiness the only thing i'd, I'd have to do like in post is just to edit out the background noise yeah and the sound of the furnace yeah in the back because we're just chilling in the basement right but how do you do what do you do exactly to so we just so i just i use i use adobe audition and like i like when we're recording and i put my hand up like you'll just pause yeah. for a sec i wanted to, i wanted to capture the noise of the furnace so i select that and be like you want to eliminate that oh so it will it, it would eliminate that noise in silence and during like while we're talking oh, so since awesome. like when you hear it it's gonna sound like because you're gonna hear the music but it's gonna sound like we're in an like a, a dead room yeah right so that's the benefit of that and yeah it's gonna i'll, I'll delete those those silent parts in in post and just to just to pretty up the noise and stuff like that man i'm gonna That's make dope. our voices sound like super warm so like little stuff like that you know and all yeah. i have to do is throw on the music after that but before i had to like pause and make like timestamp notes yeah. of like when there was chippiness yeah. or where there was um dropped noise that like drops like drop bro like wanting to upload this at eight in the morning i'd be up at like six seven because Ugh. some recordings will go like past an hour and a half and and as they should because you know you just want to have is like the more the merrier the more content the better right so you, know, you gotta start somewhere yeah so i'm sure i'm really excited about thank you so much yeah bro thank you anytime out. i'm i'm in ajax for about another month before i go back to school so i appreciate you, if you need me for any episodes any, you know any short notice any i appreciate time, you came but. on short notice but anyone that's ever been on here i call them uh mesh talk royalty so i definitely appreciate your time for sure coming after the gym um but yeah definitely gonna hit you i want i want to get you in and friggin Terrell. Terrell in episode. If you get me and Terrell in an episode, there's gonna be some arguments. There's you gonna guys, be some yelling. Yeah, for sure. No, I was just He's a big Celtics fan. Ooh. Big Celtics fan. Yeah, but you guys have a like a great uh I think all three of us have a great synergy. So yeah. I just love to I, moderate. I love <laughs> and I just let you guys just create the content. I just lay in the cut. You're just be, a mediator. I just that'd be so fun. But that's that's that's, that's the best way to cut because I don't necessarily look at this as an interview. 
kind of is because like you're a new guest yeah. i present you as a guest but i always want people hear my voice every week and the, i cycle the guests pretty much so i want yeah. you I always want the guests to sort of lead in terms of like where the content goes and i'll, sure. I'll add on right so that's 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 what i love but thanks bro thanks again and um thanks to all the listeners out there apple podcast spotify google play podbeam like i said the mesh talk dot podbean.com the mesh talk dot podbean.com if you want to like and uh and comment make sure if you're listening on any of these platforms if you could like it uh like if you could rate it five stars rate it five stars if you comment make sure you comment if you want to ask a question i'll add a uh i'm definitely gonna add a segment where i answer like questions from the listeners i think that would be super dope to engage with you guys so you guys are the best man there's no, there's no this without you guys, so I appreciate that. All right. Anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, my Twitter and my Instagram are both the same thing. I, I'm trying okay. to post more, uh, more sport media stuff. But yeah, um, both my Twitter and my Instagram. It's Jesse J E S S E, Georgie J A U R J I. Yeah, you guys can. Hit me with a follow. If you want, you can send me a message. Let me know that you found me through uh through the Mesh Talk. Um, if you guys ever want to talk sports, I'm always there. Hey. And, yeah. That's what's that's up. That's about it. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Thanks, Easy. Man.